Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you become a VIP member, one of the perks we don't talk a lot about are the back issues. Every week, we drop another 20 years ago back issue on our VIP website. And you can read it in PDF and all-text format. In early 2000, it was a fascinating time. That's when the radicals jumped from WCW to the WWF. You can read all the behind-the-scenes details as that story developed week after week. Also, the launch of the XFL. What was my take on that story and the debut of the new league, plus some analysis of the early ratings. Also, my exclusive feature-length one-on-one interview with The Rock Dwayne Johnson, the longest insider interview he has ever done with a journalist. Check that out with a VIP membership. Also, my roster evaluations with depth charts for WCW, WWE, and ECW as the year 2000 kicked off. Plus, the latest controversies behind the scenes in WCW, including a cover story on how Hulk Hogan was damaging morale. Fascinating behind-the-scenes details on what was going on. Again, contemporaneous, well-sourced, detailed reporting on so many behind-the-scenes happenings in WCW and the WWF at that time. So go VIP and check out those stories right now. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. That's PWTorch.com slash go VIP. A new back issue from the year 2000 drops on its 20th anniversary every weekend. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Now, P.W. Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to flash back to Wade and Jason reviewing Raw from five years ago this week. It was five years ago John Cena was elevating the U.S. title with that tour de force of uh, just sort of, it's like the end of the July 4th fireworks show where there's just tons of fireworks blasting off in the last 30 seconds or minute or minute and a half. 
That was sort of the end of John Cena as a really full-fledged invested in-ring performer. Can you name today the U.S. champion? Yeah, it's Andrade. Um, he did get that champion versus champion match on SmackDown last week, but or a couple weeks ago. But it has uh, it, it hasn't been as uh, portrayed as as prestigious since then, unfortunately. Um, kind of bouncing around. That's Vince McMahon's tendency. Jason Powell and I talk about that. Um, the uh, the idea that you know people resigned to the secondary titles not meaning as much, and John Cena really putting in an effort to try to make it mean more, which was nice. It was it was nice for change. So we talk about that in our uh, five years ago uh, flashback to our Raw post show slash flagship, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, joining me five years ago this month to talk about Raw from the night before, take phone calls on a wide array of topics. And that includes the uh, John Cena interview with Chris Jericho on WWE Network. Also an analysis of NXT's booking, especially characters, uh, baby faces and heels, and how they build up to feuds a little more organically with an eye on what worked in the past instead of the uh, more uh, current way Vince McMahon was and, and his writers were, were looking at the business. Also, some uh, early thoughts on Charlotte Flair in her unceremonious national debut and whether there was optimism about her upside compared to, say, Roman Reigns. And we quoted Triple H talking about both as uh, evidence. Also, uh, in the previously VIP-exclusive after show, a look at ROH's booking, what's next for Bray Wyatt, and more with the mailbag segment. So, live callers and emails, good show from five years ago this month. This originally aired April 7th, 2015. Enjoy, and uh, thank you for your support. Here we go. Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch weekly newsletter, and also PWTorch.com and the PW Torch app on Android and iOS, and also host of this, the PW Torch Livecast. Now I host not only on Tuesdays, but also on Thursdays. That's right, we've had a reshuffling of the schedule. James Caldwell now hosting Mondays after Raw at uh, 11.30 Eastern for a call-in show after Raw. I remain on Tuesdays, Pat McNeil on Wednesdays, and I shift interview Friday to interview Thursday. And then the old Monday crew, Bruce Mitchell and Travis Bryant, now on Fridays, wrapping up the weekend news, preparing you for the weekend. We'll have an announcement on the exact time slot that the old Monday crew, Bruce and Travis, will be holding on Mondays going or on Fridays going forward. Um, so big news here. We uh, have shifted our lineup over the years here and there, but um, this is a pretty decent shakeup of the schedule, um, although the same personalities and uh, hosts that you have come to expect. Um, our phone number here is 646-721-9828. That's 646-721-9828. I'm live at 431 Central Time on Tuesday, April 7th, 2015, the day after Raw, Nine days after WrestleMania 31, and after last night's Raw, it feels like it was such a long time ago, such a long time ago, that, uh, that we had uh, all that excitement with Brock Lesnar and the big first hour, hour and a half of Raw. Last night was kind of a come down, and I have to say, as I introduce co-host, as usual on Tuesdays here, Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Jason, do you think the, the flat feeling of Raw last night was simply the lack of Stephanie and Triple H? Uh, no, I don't think that was it. Okay. Um, what do you think it was? 
I, I think you know. I'm guessing. I still haven't confirmed. I'm guessing they maybe some travel issues that led to uh, the, the, the same guys having to wrestle as many times as they did. They left a lot of guys off that show, and so it's an odd decision. If with the you know with the European tour, it's the only thing I can think of. And the uh, the play by play call of uh, Byron Saxton left a lot to be desired. Is the top story? Is the that's uh, one of the top stories. We don't have to pick the very top story. I'm looking at a very gross picture of John Cena right now. Oh, I, I, I about halfway through the Jericho Cena interview, and they put up that overly tanned bodybuilding picture of John Cena from back in the day, and it kind of freaked me out for a second there. So I apologize for being distracted. It just kept rolling here. Um, anyway, the uh, I guess you know to each their own. Um, the uh, Byron Saxton announcing one of the top stories last night, and really the the whole lack uh, I would argue lack of support or the wrong kind of support from JBL and and uh, Booker T. Uh, one of the stories of the show, Byron's syntax was off, his delivery was off. Uh, little things like uh, one in, in one match, somebody was in control going into the break. Coming out of the break, uh, somebody else was in control, and Byron goes, still in control, but really it had completely shifted. The momentum had completely shifted. All kinds of little things, delivery problems. Uh, it really took away from the show. Um, the hint of New Day turning heel, completely lost on the announce team. Um, so many things wrong with the announcing, Jason. I... I uh, how do you feel about Byron this week? I, last week felt like maybe he was over or selling or overselling the uh, Lesnar angle, but this week it just wasn't a wasn't a good team effort. There just wasn't chemistry there. No, he he was not good in this role. Uh, he is not a, a polished play play by play voice, and you know you, you can talk about all Vince McMahon yelling in his headset and everything else, and that doesn't help the cause, no doubt about it. But that is the reality in WWE, and so he's just not up for the challenge. And maybe in time, if he if he continues to cut his teeth on uh, elsewhere, I don't know that being a, a sidekick on SmackDown is really going to help him with his progression. But if he gets opportunities to call NXT or or maybe does more on if he goes back to main event maybe someday he can get it down but i, I just he's not grabbing me uh, there's he, right. he doesn't seem confident and when he lacks confidence i just tend to kind of drift away from him as, as a play-by-play voice yeah I, i'm not hopeful that he is on the verge of being good enough uh to be a fill-in uh to me on the bright side randy orton i thought randy orton put in a nice performance on the microphone i thought he did so i think it was on smackdown last week also uh, he's he's carrying himself like a lead babyface about to headline a pay-per-view. He's uh, in, you know, stepping into big shoes because uh, he wasn't a huge part of the WrestleMania. Oh, well, I should say he wasn't a huge part of the WrestleMania hype. They leaned on him a lot, but he wasn't in a top match. And I think he's made a good case for himself. I, I liked that one way or the other, he came out on top and earned his title shot at Extreme Rules above and beyond beating Seth Rollins in the non-title match at Mania, above and beyond saying, hey, I never got my one-on-one title match or rematch. Beyond that, he's now managed, even with the authority interfering, or the Seth Rollins, Kane, J&J version of them, interfering, uh, interference against Roman Reigns. He managed to out- outdo Roman Reigns and Big Show. And I think on the microphone, he's been better. I think in the ring and showing a connection with the fans, he's been better. He's never an A-plus player in either category, but he does seem to have stepped up and been rejuvenated by that crippling time off that, that he was given, Jason. 
Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that time off came when it did because he was so red hot. I, I don't know that they would have capitalized on it anyway. I mean, clearly they had Reigns as their guy, and that wasn't going to change. But the the, the fact that he was away for a while and he kind of is back in the role you would have expected had you said a while ago they were going to turn him. Uh, you know, I I did not expect him to be as over as he was when they started you know, the night that uh, uh, Seth Rollins ended up. Uh, the storyline was he put him out of action for so long. But he's kind of he's just settled in as a very popular performer, and and the, he's really the ideal first challenger for Seth Rollins on a big stage to me because he you don't expect him to win, but he's really not going to lose anything. The, the fans that root for Orton are still going to root for Orton. It's not a Ryback situation where they turned him heel to be that first opponent for John Cena as champion coming out of Mania, and it just completely derailed his career for a long stretch of time. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I want to shift gears. We'll get back to Raw too. But the Jericho interview with John Cena uh, that aired uh, on Raw last night went uh, nearly an hour. Um, Steve Austin, by the way, addressed a lot of rumors. Uh, I think some outlandish ones and presumptuous ones uh, about why Jericho is hosting this. Uh, podcast and not Austin when that had been kind of Austin's domain and that we have highlights of that up on pwtorch.com uh that's pwtorch.com as in pro wrestling and we've got full coverage of that in a summary uh Austin just saying you know well I'll let him has it, put it in his words you can uh, uh summarize uh your thoughts uh Jason too on that but the the interview uh, with Jericho and Cena getting criticized in some circles for being too puff piece or not hard hitting enough. I, I know Austin asked some tough questions. I think Jericho addressed some tough topics, but in a really kind of soft way. But you know what? I think it's kind of cool just eavesdropping on two guys just shooting the breeze like Jericho and Cena did. There were some fun stories uh, from the part that I saw. I've read the whole summaries of the show, watched about half of it in per- firsthand so far. Um, I, I'm kind of curious what you think of, of Jericho's performance and Cena's performance and also contrast it to Austin as a host. 
It's tough to compare the two from that interview, simply because Austin was in there with Vince McMahon and Triple H. Those are much stronger interviews, in my opinion. Cena, you just kind of know what he's going to say and what he's not going to say. And I I missed Austin in this role. It's not that I think Jericho did a bad job. I just think Austin is a stronger interviewer at this point. I don't think Austin is – I didn't like Jericho's approach of kind of trying to put Cena at ease by – telling old drinking stories and, and, and getting in that mode. Jericho kind of re- has been relying on that a lot lately. I, I hear a lot about that in his book as well. Uh, but I, I think Austin asked stronger follow-up questions, and you know maybe Jericho will settle in. Austin really seems to take this seriously. It's not that Jericho didn't take it. I mean, he had his notes, and he was, seemed like he was prepared for this. But I just I missed Austin's presence there. I, I just I would I prefer Austin over Jericho, but it's not it's not a huge drop off for WWE. Yeah, and and I think with with uh, the the press release and the hype on television, in kind of indicated that the Jericho interview series might be a regular thing on the WWE network now. And from what a WWE source told me, they're they're talking about that. They're not set on a schedule. It could happen where it becomes something that is uh, regularly scheduled as a WWE Network feature. So maybe it just... Man, that press release was worthless. It kind of was. I mean, it was just a recap of what we sort of knew. Well, no, but I mean, they were wrong about the, uh, you know, they said NXT was going to be monthly live specials. They said Jericho show was going to be live. And it's it's like two of the big things right there that are apparently off the the schedule already. It'd be good to... uh, yeah, it'd be good to proofread that. But the, the, I think it's, it's sort of to be determined in terms of how often Jericho is going to be doing the, the, the podcast or the live uh, interview series on the network. And that's to be determined. But it could be, you know, that's I doubt with Austin's schedule and all the projects he has going on, that's something he would want to be part of without a real big anteing up on WWE's part. But obviously Jericho's a good a good guy to host too, popular figure, just like Austin. So, I mean, they have a lot of resources to go to here. What did you think of uh, of Cena's performance and the tone that he took Jason in talking about the interview uh, or talking about uh, wrestling because there's always that awkwardness like Triple H one for being the heel authority figure playing the heel role walked through a curtain and suddenly he's like chummy NXT father figure talking about how much he loves the WWE brand and the fans and all that stuff Cena had a less awkward transition still though he talked about scripted promos and Guys, you know, and the old contradictory thing, too, or not contradictory, but infuriating for, for young wrestlers, which is um, be a good company man, do what you're told, you know, because we know what we're doing here. But at the same time, if you feel it, break the rules because you won't get fired. It might get the attention of Vince McMahon and the higher ups. I mean, I, the whole that whole message still kind of I would find confounding if I was a young wrestler trying to figure out what to do. And it just keeps everybody on edge. But anyway, general question to you on Cena's performance. Cena was good again, just kind of what you would expect from Cena. I, I the, the the answer about the PD issue didn't surprise me, but I'm I'm highly skeptical of it. Uh, I, I he, he's real. I mean, he always wants to get over how much he loves the company, and I thought it was interesting when he said. You know, it, a lot of guys say they they love this industry where he he loves the company. He said and that, I'm sure wrestling that works. industry. He said those words. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that works wonders with Vince McMahon, and it's probably true. You know, I, I think he's being genuine there. I, I do feel like he really goes overboard in trying to emphasize how much he loves it to the point of you kind of feel as a viewer, you're sitting there going, yeah, we get it. Okay, move on. But I, I like the parts where he talked about 
being that, that elder statesman in the locker room, that, admitting that he has trouble connecting with the current generation because they didn't go through uh, the, the, just the, all the steps with him. He's been established since they've been there. So it was interesting. I definitely I, I enjoyed the, the overall interview. And Cena, if, if he came off likable. And I, I don't think if you're a Cena hater, he gave you a lot of ammunition. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is, you know, you're hearing some of the stories that you've heard before in different formats, but it's, it's fun to hear Cena talk about the bus ride where he freestyled and, you know, p- p- people in power saw it and, and liked him. He didn't get too specific about that. Um, the, the Roman Reigns discussion, though, kind of jumped out, and, and I tweeted afterwards um, that I don't think Roman Reigns, Jason, has a chance to fix what's wrong if everybody publicly and seemingly privately is is, is uh, uh, taking this, this line, I wouldn't even call it the company line, but I guess it's a company line in a way, which is, it's the fans' fault. As Cena said, oh, the fans just reject right. anything new. It's the fans' fault. It's like, how do you spend years telling fans, it's about you, tell us, you know, tell us uh, vote in this poll to tell us what we should do, and it's all, it's all about you, and oh gosh, I hope we entertained you, because it's all about entertaining you. And you'd say all that stuff, and then the fans go, okay, we're going to start telling you whether we're entertained, because you've empowered us to do so. And then not accept their verdict. I mean, how many times has Vince or Hunter said, oh, we have a nightly uh, focus group, and that's what tells us what to do? Well, I don't think the nightly focus group is as unanimous in thinking Roman Reigns is this polished product as uh, John Cena indicated last night, and maybe some carefully chosen words, and, and others even on Twitter, just people in the company. So anyway... Did, did Cena's comments on Reigns seem kind of like guarded PR or just kind of genuine obliviousness or, or option C, whatever you want it to be? Uh, the company line to me. I, I, I hope that he doesn't believe that. I fear that a lot of people in the company have convinced themselves of that. 
he, it, I mean, we know it. Reigns still has some, some – he comes up short in several areas. And we also know that creatively, WWE didn't really put him in a strong position. They failed. And so if they had done a great job and Reigns and, – and you and I were sitting here going, wow, this Reigns has, has what it takes. And it's just, wow, they, these fans love heels. So they're just not going to cheer the guy that the company backs be a different story, but that's not happening. No. You know, there, there are reasons, and it, it's, it goes beyond just the fans. They have themselves to blame. He still has those issues. He has himself to blame. Uh, and, and I just, I, I think you're only going to make people reject this guy more when you say things like that, because they have to be rolling their eyes listening to John Cena and, and others in the company making statements like that. To me, Reigns' demeanor coming to the ring and when he gets into the ring kind of makes Raven look like positively Page. Like, he looks so unhappy, Jason, so grumpy, so petulant, so withdrawn. I, I like, why would anybody want to cheer a guy who comes to the ring looking so sullen? I got to get out the thesaurus to come up with other terms for him. Um, at, at, at least at the end of uh, the Big Show match last night, he stood, I think he stood on the second rope and he looked at the crowd and I think he broke into a smile. And then when he saw Renee Young wanted to ask him a question, he smiled a little bit. And it's when he does that that you realize, oh. man, if the guy would get out of the you know, what about me, what about Raven uh, uh, kind of demeanor that he has and, and seemed a little bit happier and uh, more thankful for where he is and, and excited about the connection with the fans and, and being on some sort of quest and having a mission statement that the fans can get behind and being positive about it, that would work. Now, I'm not saying he should be, um, you know, Scotty Too Hotty doing a, a funny dance at the beginning. I mean, he's got to be true to his character. But there is a way for Roman Reigns to be who he is and not seem like he got up on the wrong side of the bed and really would prefer to be hanging out at the beach somewhere. And that's the vibe that I'm getting off of him lately. Right. Last week, I, I kind of thought, well, maybe they don't know where they're going. And then you, when you see him in those backstage segments, you know, just as, as brief as it was with Renee Young, you're right. He's smiling. And so it's like they're sending you mixed messages there. And I, it, it's to me, he's he's never been, you know, I, I don't recall Roman Reigns ever coming down the, 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 the concourse and, or through the concourse and down the steps being all smiles. And I wouldn't want to see that. But I don't want to see him be all, just as you put it, mopey. And yeah. somewhere along the line, it went from even back to the Shield days, confident, determined Roman Reigns to this mopey guy now. It, it's really strange. I don't know what they're going for with that. I'm guessing this is how he's being produced, how he's, you know, how, what they're, they're telling him to go with this look because it, is, it has definitely changed over the last couple of weeks. I, I hope it's part of something that will end up making sense later. You know, I mean, that's, I guess, all I can say. All right, uh, Jason, let's uh, shift to uh, you giving a plug for your website, your membership, and then after that, we're going to go right to phone calls. And if you want to get in line on the phone banks, the number is 646-721-9828. 646-721-9828. Now's a good time to call. You can also email us at pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead, Jason. Talk about your website and your membership. Absolutely. It's been kind of a crazy day at ProWrestling.net. Uh, we ended up with the stories of sign-up page. If I threw that at you too quick or you just have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at ProWrestlingNet. Very good. Let's, uh, as promised, go to the phone lines and uh, let the callers lead the way here for a while and begin with area code 801. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. 
There's always a place for Reston's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the ProRest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 801, thanks for calling. Please state your name and the city you're calling from. My name's Derek, and I'm from Utah. Derek from Utah. Good to hear from you. What have you got for us, Derek? Uh, just a comment about the John Cena-Chris Jericho podcast yeah. last night. Yeah. I actually really liked it. I think uh, Jericho's a natural conversationalist, and I think John Cena and all the interviews I've ever seen him in, especially in one that's so... Uh, you know, you can tell that there's a friendship between him and Jericho. He just comes across as such a affable and articulate individual, which I think is why people don't like him, is because we're forced to accept the fact that John Cena is physically, morally, socially superior to everybody. <laughs> but um, I'm not I was, sure about that, but yeah. Oh, I don't know. Proof positive. At least from the physical and social uh, perspective, he definitely holds his own. But... Uh, I was a little dismayed to see that people said that Jericho was throwing him softball questions, and I asked others, well, what would you prefer that Chris Jericho asked John Cena? So I asked you guys, what would be uh, hardball questions that Jericho could actually throw at Cena? Because I don't think he has many skeletons in the closet to hide. No, that, that's absolutely a fair question, Derek. appreciate it. Uh, uh, Jason, to me, I, I imagined Austin doing the interview, you know, or we go back to Austin when he did interview Cena. Yes, Cena about the STF and, you know, maybe cinched on a little tighter. Austin is of the previous generation. He's, you know, uh, I don't know, 14 years older than uh, Cena. Jericho, more of a contemporary. I mean, uh, Jericho and I are the same age. Uh, Cena, a little bit younger uh, by a few years. I, I think this was more of a peer-on-peer interview. And when Austin interviewed McMahon, it was more of McMahon is the boss and they have a history together, but McMahon was of a different generation. With Austin and Hunter, it was a peer-to-peer discussion. Uh, Austin roughly five years older than Hunter, but Hunter in executive. So you could kind of come after an executive a little more aggressively. That gave Austin, in a way, an advantage that Jericho didn't have. But Jericho could have and chose not to, and I'm not critical of him for it. I understand 
that it's just different and that people might like more hardball questions. But to me, Jericho isn't going to go to Cena and go, come on, Roman Reigns sucks. Um, or, you know, it's like, I, I don't know that Jericho felt like his role was to go out there and use Cena as a conduit to challenge him on the things that he finds wrong with the product. And also, Jason, to be unrealistic to think that because Jericho has been criticized for consistently on his podcast seeming to be an all-in company guy, kind of like Cena. And if that's Jericho's genuine position, it would not make any sense for Jericho to make up criticisms he's not already thinking about. So, I don't know, those are some random thoughts from me. Uh, again, based on what I've seen, not the whole interview yet, I, I didn't have a lot of cri- criticism for Jericho other than it was a different dynamic than Austin and an executive. Right. I, I, there's not any hardball questions. I mean, like I said, I think he could have done a better job following up on a couple of things. But I, I, it, I think he was doomed from the start when it came to people making that criticism. I mean, the guy asked him about performance-enhancing drugs. I don't know that Steve Austin would have. I mean, yeah. for all I know, that was that was something that they uh, arranged ahead of time, and, and it was you know cleared to go ahead. But I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't know that we didn't hear Steve Austin ask Triple H about that. We didn't hear him ask about the uh, the drug policy. So that right there is a sign that Jericho was you know was asking a, a hardball question. That's one example. Uh, but all the rumors that Steve Austin was out because Triple H uh, or Vince McMahon didn't like some of the questions that he asked in the interview with Triple H. That right there, kind of, I think. Can Condition people to think that well Jericho's being a company guy and he's not going to ask hardball questions like like uh, Steve Austin. I mean Jericho was even getting questions on Twitter yesterday from people asking if it was going to be a kayfabe interview that kind right. of thing. Wow. And, and so you know I mean you know you're you're you just go into it I think some fans either bitter that Austin isn't there or just with those preconceived notions that uh, this isn't going to be as, as hard hitting as Steve Austin is. And so you're going to get those coming out. But you know what? We go back, Wade. I'm sure we can. Uh, we probably even may, maybe even took some calls on this show. People were going to say the same thing about Steve Austin, not being hard hitting enough for them, even though I thought he did a great job as well. And, and I know Steve was worried about, you know, not being hard hitting enough. And, and, you know, you got to find that balance. But Jericho's going to bring a different thing to it. I, I th- you know, yeah, the, the things that I would challenge Cena on, I just don't see a peer challenging a peer on. You know, I mean, it's just, that, that's why, I mean, it's, it's cool that Jericho, talk is Jericho is out there and, and the Ross Report is out there and the Steve Austin show and Taz and all these wrestlers doing podcasts. But there is a, a certain protective, di- uh, a, there's a, almost an unwritten agreement to only go so far. There's a certain set of rules and it's just, it's a different, it's a fun dynamic to hear two guys shoot the breeze and and share war stories and all that, or or road stories. I I don't want to, yeah, I like the term road stories better. Um, But it's not the same thing as somebody independent, um, you know, trying to call out somebody and challenge somebody a little bit out of their comfort zone. And I think Jericho was wanting to keep Cena in the comfort zone. Even Cena, I think Jason doesn't fully grasp why he is booed by some of the audience. Like, he has a story that he's told himself um, enough that maybe he believes it, or maybe he just is so rich and powerful within his own world, it's enough to believe it and just get through the day. But I don't think Cena ever shows a ton of introspection on why a good part of the audience doesn't believe or doesn't cheer for him and and bond with him i don't think he's really gotten more than halfway to figuring that out at least in terms of what he's willing to speak publicly but i don't expect jericho to be the one to call him out on it true yeah i mean i can think of uh i I like when austin plays name association you you know you're not going to get great responses out of vince and hunter in that situation i think jericho could have done a little bit of that Mm -hmm. uh i i think jericho Maybe could have challenged Cena a little bit more. I, I think Austin 
he may not have just kind of keeping with the comparison between the two, because I think Austin is of the same mindset as Cena when it comes to, you know, you got to step up, kid. And it, it just not recognizing that you, you really can't. And it, it, Cena may tell you you can. you got to take chances. you got to do this. You have to do that. Easy to say. You know, and I, so I, I wish that Jericho would have challenged him a little bit on that because he knows what the environment is like more so than Steve Austin does even. But like you say, this was peer-to-peer, and I, I came away satisfied with it. Not blown away, but satisfied with the interview. Very good. Uh, anything else, um, Derek, that you want to ask as a follow-up on our discussion here or any other topics? No, I think you guys uh, cleared it up, but I think I think we can all – somewhat come to an agreement that a lot of the criticism on Jericho was was pretty hollow. And, uh, you know, John Cena was actually on Steve Austin's podcast, I think it was about a year ago. Yeah, right. And he, didn't, he didn't throw any hardballs at John Cena either, and I think it's because as we talk and discuss, there's very few hardballs you can really throw at the guy because all the criticism that's been put on him has been put on him by others before and i think he's responded in a consistent manner in most cases i think cena i, I think cena carries himself tremendously well i would not say um that cena is is beyond criticism or that he's had an answer for every criticism or that he's even faced every criticism and i think jason you and i would ha- there i would have a different if I got to sit down with Cena for an hour or two and do an interview, it'd be very different than what Jericho did, and it would be actually it'd be different than what Austin did with Cena. The dynamic would be different, and I, I my goal would certainly be to to have more follow up questions and try to dig beneath the surface level, uh, well practiced answers that Cena has given to the same questions th- a thousand times probably, and and you know that's. My approach, I, that would be my goal, and I'm sure the interview would have been different because of it, and I would have tapped more into um, what's wrong with Roman Reigns than what Cena gave as a surface-level answer and more into what, uh, what the dynamic with Cena and, and the fan base and how that has changed. I think it's fascinating to imagine what would happen if Cena and Reigns got in the ring right now. I don't know. I mean, it, nevertheless, it, it just I think Jericho gave what you would expect Jericho to give, and he played to his strengths in the dynamic between Jericho and Cena. Um, but to say that Cena is like is, I don't know. I'm, that there's there's nothing there's no criticism he's never been confronted with and he's answered it all and and uh, he is just you know this god among men, which is kind of the impression that you could get if you thought that. And I, I don't think that's the case, Jason. No, no, I agree. Yeah. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other Pro Wrestling Media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, let's go to our next call. Air code 251. You are ne- up next. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Wade. This is Brian from Parrot, Alabama. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an older dude by WWE fan standards. I'm 37. Uh, I'm okay average, with You are below the average right. age of the Raw viewer. I'm certainly below the average age of TNA Impact viewer. Yeah, that too. Um, but you're actually below and, the average age of Raw by about a year or a year or two last time I checked. That's what's crazy. There's as many people huh. above their late 30s as there are under their late 30s watching Raw. So I know people think it's aimed at kids and all that, but I'm just jumping in to say, no, there's a ton of people who watch Raw who are who are 40s and 50s. Huh. Because, like, I, w- I was going to say, like, in my age, I'm okay with Cena being a bland baby face. Uh, and there's a need for that. There's a need for the for the Big Mac of wrestling. There's a need for the you know for the McDonald's of wrestling. And you know, whenever I read like the people who really wish WWE would go back into what they thought the Attitude Era was all about of anti heroes and why can't we just turn everybody heel? Why can't we just have everybody be a heel and everybody be in your face and you know, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with John Cena being not really the decision maker, being a guy who isn't going to change the direction of anything, but is going to go full in for whatever somebody suggests. Okay, this is what you're going to do. Um, and that's why I'm not really troubled by like all you know, you know the gripes about Cena. He is what they need for to you know to be the bell cow for the thing, to be the bell cow for the. WWE, but what can WWE do to bring in that crowd that's always frothing at the mouth of why can't we have more anti-heroes? Why can't we have Cena turn? Why can't we have all our good guys be bad guys? I don't think that crowd is all. I don't think that crowd is all that big. I think that 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 the people who are discontent with the and I'm glad they don't mention being PG very often. Cena did it with Jericho, I think at least once um, that they're a PG TV product, but. I don't. I think what that crowd wants is an immersive sports-like experience. They want the announcers to be competent, or actually, ideally, above competent, and they want uh, a genuine connection between them and the baby faces. And I think they lash out when the product is is below par, and they just kind of, I would say, and I think it's diminishing a little bit, but oversimplify it to, oh, if we only had a bunch of guys throwing each other ta- through tables. And uh, people throwing styrofoam heads at each other, and more ladder matches, and more blood, everything would be fine. And it's like, no, that that it's PG is not the problem. The lack of pasties on a on the 2015 version of Sable is not going to clear up all the issues that everybody has with the product right now. Uh, but I think that's all they can look at. They just look at the top surface level and go, I must not like it like I once did because it's not PG. And I think you can, it, like we saw with Brock Lesnar, if you have a character who, when he comes out and does what he does, you are on the edge of your seat. And, and he doesn't have to be 
anything but PG to still be really compelling. So I, I, I think WWE just has to do a better job being what they are and doing what they do. Uh, and, and I think a lot of things would fall into place without actually answering to the specifics of it's because it's PG and if it was just you know a little more edgy, I, I, th- th- that would be better. All the problems that WWE has would still exist even if they were being edgier. Um, that, that's my take. Jason, you, you, you uh, answer that too. Yeah, I'm happy you guys brought that up because Cena went to that, you know, if there was more blood, if there was more profanity or whatever the line was, and it's like, that's not it. That I, I think that's becoming an easy out for them. Yeah. There are, we, we've, we've heard from those people who think that's the key is just, you know, some cussing, some swearing, and, and, and just, that's how they define the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era worked because there were a lot of good things going on at that time. There was good storytelling taking place. They managed to get so many people over all at once. And you had uh, a couple of guys in, in The Rock and Steve Austin who were over at just a, a, an, an enormous level. But the storytelling was there. And it, it, you go back and watch it today, and <clears throat> you know it's a little bit... It, it may be a little springer to you. It, the, the answer isn't having John Cena go out there and cuss and swear. It's, it's, it's not that. If Everything, if the storylines had been as disappointing back in those days as they are today, if the product was just as, as, as rough as it is right now at times, and they had all that cussing and swearing going, I, you know, okay, different time, maybe the crowd would have been still responsive to it. But I, I, that wasn't what made the Attitude Era. And so for them to just kind of – I think they're looking at the lowest common denominator when it comes to people who make that argument that they, that's what they like about the Attitude Era when they try to say, oh, we can't do that today and we don't want to do that today. That's not what people are asking. Wade, you nailed it. They want that sports feel. That they, want, they want things to make sense. They want good storytelling. They want strong characters. And when it comes to the anti-hero – I think you can have that. I think they had a pretty good one in Dean Ambrose, but they water him down. And they have him take part in a bunch of wonky skits and things like that that just really aren't clicking. They're, so when they do have opportunities to come up with an anti-hero, they, they just need to do a better job of, of realizing what that, what, what that audience that's looking for that wants. And, and it's not him taking part in therapy sessions and, and being silly backstage. Yeah, yeah, not being wacky and zany. That's not what they want. Some of Pro Wrestling's best podcasts are VIP exclusive, and you can go VIP and find out why we have been supported by paid subscribers for over 30 years with our exclusive top-shelf content, including Pro Wrestling Torch senior columnist Bruce Mitchell with the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show. I usually host that program, although he has a variety of guest hosts with different themes and unmatched historical insight, but primarily providing insight and hard-hitting analysis and Opinion on what today's news means. Also, The Fix with Todd Martin. Every midweek, Todd and I sit down for two and a half, three and a half hours with analysis of the latest TV shows and major events from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and many others. Plus, he'll keep you up to date on what just happened in the world of MMA, USC, Bellator, and more, and what's coming up the following weekend. Plus, book reviews, reviews of documentaries, and so much more. Comprehensive coverage of the worldwide pro wrestling scene. And then the unmatched mailbag segment. This is one of the highlights of the week in the pro wrestling podcast world. I know I sound like I'm exaggerating, but this is great stuff. The fixed listeners provide fantastic questions, and Todd delivers every week. You will learn, you will think, 
and you will appreciate professional wrestling on another level when you go VIP. And that includes Bruce and Todd joining me for post-pay-per-view roundtables following WWE and AEW pay-per-view events, where we spend roughly an hour, sometimes longer, breaking down the pay-per-view. As soon as it ends, we are recording that podcast, and within about 90 minutes, it's available for VIP members on our VIP-exclusive podcast feed. All the VIP shows are available on popular podcast apps on both iPhone and Android. No ads, no plugs on the VIP exclusives, and we remove the plugs and ads from the free shows that also show up on the VIP podcast feed sometimes sooner than the general public has access to them. That's just scratching the surface. Go check out full details on VIP benefits, including retro radio shows from the early to late 1990s, our podcast dating back to the mid-2000s, back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, over 1,600 of them, and so much more. Full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Join the ranks of the most well-informed and most entertained pro wrestling fans with the best podcast lineup anywhere. Go VIP and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed also. A huge bonus. PWTorchVIPInfo.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, when people say, oh, I want Shades of Grey or I want a bad guy to be the hero, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, in a way, because by definition, if somebody is in Shades of Grey, that means to you, you sort of identify with them and want them to win and you sort of don't and want them to lose. That's the definition of a Shade of Grey. Now, if you believe in somebody and their mission and what they stand for and the Constitution that guides their actions and they follow the rules to a T, that's one type of baby face. And they, and, and they have a certain approach and a certain personality. And then you can also have a baby face, an actual baby face, not Shades of Grey guy, a baby face, a hero who you want to win. You identify with his mission. You identify with what drives him, his passion, his goals, the way he go about, goes about things. But he's a little more gruff. He's a little more in your face. He is less, he's not passive aggressive. He's more in your face with things. And, and, uh, and he might, if somebody cheats, he might go, all right, you cheated first. I'm going to cheat second. So you can have two types of baby faces. One who looks at a cheating heel and says, I don't need to cheat to win. I want to prove I can win without cheating. Another type of baby face says, I'll never cheat first. But if you cheat, I'm going to out cheat you. And so if that's what people think shades of gray is, I just disagree with the terminology. We need to define our terms better. 
the anti-hero is, I don't even know what that means, because who would cheer for somebody that they want to see lose, or who they don't identify with, or uses tactics, or has a philosophy on how they approach their job in winning, that would completely upset them if they ran into somebody like that in real life in, in a non-wrestling environment. So, but, but I, you do see that all over television. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, Walter White, Vic Mackey, and the list goes on. You know, that, that's the anti-hero. But, but Vic Mackey on The Shield was, I mean, he was, obviously it's a drama series, and there were times where as a viewer you would disagree with him, but in the end, well, I shouldn't say in the end, cause, uh, but in, on a show-to-show basis... He was a good guy fighting bad guys, and he did in his heart what he felt he had to do in order to protect the innocent. And, and that was his constitution that guided his actions. And that's, that's exactly one of the types of baby faces that I defined. It, Steve Austin was not a shades of gray guy. He was as much a baby face as any wrestler I've ever seen. It. And, and when he was feuding with Vince McMahon, no matter how many middle fingers he gave or uh, whether he would, uh, whether he was less scientific of a wrestler than somebody else or whatever, he ultimately was fighting against evil and standing up for things that the fan base also stood up for in their own lives and their own identity of what was right. That, that's kind of what I'm getting at, Jason. Like, and yeah. So obviously, in, in Breaking Bad, there were times where you were kind of ruined for him because he was the main character, but you knew that it just wasn't. He wasn't a good guy. And wrestling can't, honestly, wrestling can't thrive in an environment that is that complex where you have a lead character who you're rooting for because he's the sole lead character of the show and you're just kind of on the adventure with him. But you get pulled into this world where it doesn't match up with what you do. Pro wrestling just doesn't work that way. Pro wrestling is about the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, and having somebody that you're given good reason to want to see win against somebody who you have been given good reason to want to see lose. And it shouldn't be more complicated than that because that's when everything just starts falling apart in the genre. Pro wrestling of two guys arguing and then getting in the ring and fighting and trying to pin each other has a, a more narrow scope to what you can do narratively than a show like Breaking Bad that I, I, I would argue, and I think very much so that's the case. Oh, it does. Yeah, for sure. It, it To me, it's just you do, again, going back to the Ambrose example and, and even comparing it to Austin, Austin did his fair share of silliness as time went on. But during that time, I mean, he you know, he was flipping the bird and he's doing everything else. He was uh, compared to what we were used to at the time. And I think that's probably where the where the whole term came from. He was the antihero at that time. Just it, it's just a different definition than than what you're saying anti-hero means to you. But, I mean, you think about before Steve Austin, who was flipping on, you know, what, what yeah. baby face was going to flip off the cameras and do all of that. And so I guess that's, that's the kind of, I think we, we're on the same page. We just kind of have different definitions of, of anti-hero. And, and uh, Urban Dictionary, anti-hero is a flawed hero and therefore much more interesting than the more traditional heroes. They can be working on the side of good, but with a tragic flaw or horrible past or for reasons that are selfish and not entirely pure. They can also be working for the side of evil, but with hidden noble intentions or other underlying complexities. These darker heroes can be jerks, pathetic, hard, jaded, or mean. All anti-heroes must have enough heroic qualities, intentions, or strength to somehow gain the sympathy of the audience. Mostly they are intriguing and can therefore be very, very sexy, especially if you love bad boys. Uh, Well-known anti-heroes include Batman and a uh, bunch of other ones. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I reading that definition, uh, you can say, yes, WWE could probably do better in that regard, and Dean Ambrose would have been somebody who, who today would fit that approach, whereas John Cena, as Derek brought up, is someone who 
in the role that he's in, it, it wouldn't make sense for him to take that approach. I'd say Randy Orton is about as close to that definition, Jason, as yeah. it gets. Um, I would say that his character has been written poorly um, in terms of the, the, the long-term narrative. I think there's times where there's things he does where there's just no excuse for him, and then they're not addressed, and you're just expected to forget them the next week. Sort of like Bray Wyatt this week, Jason, forgot that Undert- he lost Undertaker. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. It really, we're, we're going right back to that Bray Wyatt promo that we just were really tired of by the time WrestleMania finally got here. Yeah. You, you, matches have to have consequences. You know, you have to have, there has to be a consequence to a win or a loss, or else it just becomes a spectacle, and people don't get emotionally invested and passionate about outcomes that don't matter. It's like not keeping score in a hockey game. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch the checks and a great spin play and a great power play goal and all that, but if they didn't keep track on the scoreboard and nobody was sad or happy after a win or loss and it didn't matter to their record, it just becomes this kind of globe trotters against Washington. Well, they keep track of score too, so it becomes yeah, a half- they it, do too. Yeah, it becomes a halftime show. It's just a juggling. Act. I, I, like, I've been. Well, I was going to say I've been to youth hockey games where it's young enough they don't keep score. Let me assure you, every kid on that ice knows the score at all times. <laughs> yeah. So Bray Wyatt lost Undertaker. That should change the course of his character. It didn't seem to. He just they could have plucked that out from three months ago, and the announcers weren't talking about it either. Bray Wyatt lost to Undertaker. That should be a course-changing moment in his career, and that will make his character more interesting. And instead of owning the outcome, WWE's pretending it didn't happen because, well, Bray is still here and Undertaker's not. So we're, it was, you know, Undertaker won. We had to do that at WrestleMania. But now that it's over, we want Bray, the full-time guy, to be a guy who never lost to Undertaker. Come on. You know, it's just disappointing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's go next to area code uh, 202. 202, thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're calling from. This is Junior from Washington, D.C. Junior, what's going what on, fellas? Good, good to hear from you. And not too much. Wait, I'm out here. Yeah, good to hear from you, too, man. What's up with you, Jason? How you feeling, man? Doing great. Thanks, um, man. Real, real quick, I'm just going uh, I hope I'm going to say something that might sound a little off base, but I'm so serious what I'm saying. Okay. Way, what do you think is like? What do you, What do you feel like the numbers should be? Because I'm I'm all about at this point with WWE. I'm all about a talent exchange with New Japan Pro. How many wrestlers does it take to get Shinsuke Nakamura here to wrestle Randy Orton? That's the only match that I want to see. <laughs> You know I mean, I'm telling you, I really want to see them wrestle. Their their styles to me match up so good. I just I just want to see it. So, can we give up like five mid carders for for one of him? Because it would sure help New Japan's roster. Because they'll put him to work. You know what I they'll want? They'll get junior? something out of whatever they get. You know what I'm I want? Bro. I want to be able to eat brownies all day and not get sick and not gain weight and have it be nutritionally uh, completely healthy. <laughs> You know, I mean, come on. There's not going to be a trade. There's nothing. There's nothing realistic about it. WWE wouldn't know what to do with them. They wouldn't know how to present them. 
Um, he'd end up in NXT. Honestly? He'd be jobbing to Curtis Axel for three months. Of course, you, if you don't know that, you don't understand WWE. Their mentality is no, not. No, it's to, not that. Their mentality sorry, is their mentality is not to bring in a talent that is polished and developed and somewhere else and make money off of them because then the talent, the wrestler, could say, I made WWE stronger with something that I achieved outside of the auspices of your brilliance and your, your company structure. That's not going to happen. It's not realistic. Now, if you want to fantasize about it, you can have your own little fantasy trade and draft, Junior, but I'm just being blunt with you. It's so unrealistic. You might as well eat a plate of brownies every day and expect to feel good, not gain weight, and, uh, and be healthy. It's just... It's it, Jason. Go ahead. Your, your thoughts. I see. see. Oh, kill joy. No, okay, <laughs> please, Jason. Let me give it to me, Jason. Let me know how stupid I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll go a little lighter and just say, okay, maybe if he has some aspirations like Kenta did, maybe he ends up in developmental. Maybe someday you get to see your match. But <laughs> given his age, I'm going to guess it doesn't happen. So uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Randy Orton fails more wellness policies. He ends up in New Japan. That might be your safer bet. Well, yeah, I'm about to say, well, I'm all for that. Slide in some trivia real quick. All right, man. But uh, but that was really it. Um, oh, yeah, one more thing. One more thing, and I'm yeah. done. Um, the New Day. Um, since Sucks. I guess they're turning heel now. Yeah, it, yes, they do. Very much so. But now that they're acknowledging that they suck, but I guess they're not. Because I'm, So what type of heels are they going to be? Are they going to be like three-man band, like all over again or worse? Or, or are they going to actually do something with this? Because I don't understand the logic behind it. I couldn't. There's no way in the world they hear people saying they suck, but then they're clapping to it. So that's that's retarded to me. I don't understand what they're like, what, what, what do you think their plans are with them? Or are they just going to just, they just trying to do anything with them? That's all. Thanks a lot, fellas. Uh, I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Junior. Well, I mean, uh, Jason, they're, they're the guys who said we were going to be optimistic and positive and the world crapped on us. And now, screw you. We're going to cheat and break all our morals because apparently you guys don't appreciate pure, happy joy. They were going to clap their way to WrestleMania. They're clapping. And now they're, what, uh, clapping, to not, uh, clapping to not snap? Is that what Kofi said? Yeah, we're we're gonna clap or or we snap something yeah. like that. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, they're 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 at the point we envisioned them being at when this started. You know, we we saw those cornball vignettes and thought, oh, this is you know they've got to be going the other direction. Mm-hmm. They've got they have to be heels, and so they're finally there. I predict that give it a month, and the same people chanting New Day sucks right now are going to be cheering for them when they face the primetime players because the primetime players are awful at comedy. Oh, they're terrible. Uh, nappy hair? Really? I know. Concave chest on Kofi? I'm sure he loved that. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that, that was... A... <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just... It, it's just was... They're, they're, they're just awful. They're not funny. And, yeah. I, I But the New Day... I mean, I don't think, Jason, that the intention was with New Day for them to turn heel. Because Vince McMahon no. is a genius in some ways and absolutely clueless in other ways. And... Usually when it comes to the black culture. Oh, he's terrible. WWE. I honestly think WWE should just just send out a press release going, okay, okay, we're just going to go all white. We're going to take the heat for it. We're going to take the heat (laughs) for it, but we cannot be trusted with black characters or Asians or 
really Samoans, you know, one generation removed from cannibals. Is, we're not, we're, uh, we're, we Hispanics can't, and lawnmowers. Yes, we cannot be trusted with anybody who's not white. So we're going to take the heat for it because we can, it's like, you know, some people can't be trusted with sharp objects. WWE cannot be trusted with minorities. So just take the heat for just going all white. And, and go with it because what's the – I mean, maybe if you're half white and half Samoan, there can be a panel if you're, you know, who will decide whether you're white enough for WWE to not completely screw you up. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just go all white, and, and at least then they won't be offending as many people as they do and screwing up as many careers as they do. And maybe all these super talented minorities uh, can go somewhere else. I mean, we got – Puerto Ricans pretending to be Mexicans. I mean, they just screw everything up. <laughs> you know, it's just let there be another league, not only, not with, not excluding whites, but let all the talented people who aren't white go somewhere under the auspices of something who isn't living in the 1940s in some small town bar talking about all the people different than them and how awful it is that the whole world isn't white. Or a small town bar in Wisconsin today. Well, I was trying to be non-regional to avoid, um, you know, Wisconsin's feeling bad enough today, Jason. There's a lot of people they uh, drowning yeah, in their most sorrows. Of that, most of the people were on that bandwagon. I'm sure I, I feel bad for the diehard fans that really cared, but, but let's face it, most of those, most of the people that were suddenly huge Badger basketball fans maybe watched one game previously in their lives. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Well, uh, Junior, thanks for the call. Um, let's leave fantasy land and come back to uh, reality here. Um, I'm just giving him crap, that was, or giving a hard time. But let's go to uh, 305 next. 305, please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, guys, DJ from Miami. Hey, DJ, thanks for calling. What do, you, do you like my idea of WWE got, just, go, just saying we can't be trusted with sharp objects or minorities, all white? I, I can definitely, definitely believe in that because <laughs> they, they had a lot of things, and then they screwed them up. You know, I think the best time they ever had was, what, Junkyard Dog, maybe? And from there, it was over. Yeah, I don't That rock guy was kind of successful. Um, I got I got two comments and a question. Um, the first thing is, do you really think that now the SmackDown is coming on USA, do you think that they'll go three hours, or do you think Raw will go two hours just because they're, they're both on the same network? Wait, That's you did question. not just plant the oh, seed dear God. that SmackDown is going to be three hours, did you, DJ? I, I, Listen, we're talking about WWE here. I mean, they've done probably crazier things. Yeah. We don't know yet. No, you're right. I, I, that thought had not even crossed my mind, Jason, because I don't think I would have logged on to the switchboard today to do the show if I felt that there was even a possibility of SmackDown becoming three hours on USA. I am hoping, seriously, I'm not, this is in Fantasyland, I really hope that they see this as a, as a safe phase, uh, a safe phasing, a face-saving uh, opportunity to say USA Network is taking on SmackDown, and it's going to be two hours on U- two more hours on USA. Raw is going back to two hours also. Four hours of wrestling instead of three on USA. Just find some way to spin it so it doesn't look like they're retreating, because Vince McMahon would never retreat. Uh, but get Raw back to two hours. Uh, and last night's show was another example. There's so few exceptions where three hours works. Somebody on Twitter last night is like, well, I, j- I don't care about three hours. I just want it to be a good three hours. Three hours is fine as long as it's good. Right. Yes, that's fine. Brown, uh, my brownie analogy. Brown, uh, it would be really nice if you could eat brownies all day and it'd be healthy, but you can't. And you can't do a three-hour wrestling show every single, day, every single week and have it be good. I just, it's too long. It's, it, from the day they announced it, I've been saying it, and there's been an exception once every two or three months where you go, oh, wow, that wasn't insufferably long. But it's just the format. It, it, 
pro wrestling at three plus hours doesn't work. It, you can't have enough big matches to make three hours work week after week after week. So anyway, I, I'm hoping for two, a retraction of Raw to two hours. Jason, what do you think of the SmackDown? I, I, if, if I thought it would help them, I'd offer to like donate my small toe. Uh, it just it, if it would convince them to make this move. In fact. I'm putting it out there right now. If that's what it takes, I'm willing to give up my small to I'd, I'd like, you know, to be sedated. I don't just want to have someone come over and just lop it off or anything. But whatever <laughs> it takes to get that show back to two hours. And my God, DJ just scared me. Can you imagine if, if there's, well, yeah, Wall Street's going to love it. We can add an extra hour to SmackDown. I, that, yeah, I, I start pursuing a new career choice at that point. Oh. Okay, yes. Thanks, DJ. Thanks for bringing us all down. All right. Let's, uh, let's try air code 876 next. 876, please state your name and where you're calling from. Hello, my name is Allison, and I'm from Jamaica. Uh, thank you for calling. What do, you, what do you think of our idea of an all-white WWE, Allison? Because WWE cannot be trusted <laughs> with minorities. <laughs> well, um... Based on what I've been seeing from the New Day, it's definitely on point, unfortunate, because I was honestly hoping that they would come with something not um, stereotypical, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, you're, you're pretty accurate on that. All right. What have you got for Jason and me today? Um, Actually, it's actually my first time calling you. I've been listening for like two months now yeah and the thing is i'm a university student so i this is the first and probably only time i'll get to call in for like a long while because you have labs and you know stuff like that so i just wanted to call and say that i love what you guys do i love listening to wrestling blog talks because i started actually listening like um two months yeah like i said two months ago what happens that when i was reading net. that's how I got, you know, I was able to listen to, find out about PW Torch and Block Talk. So, Jason, love what you do, and Wade, love what you do as well. And I just want to, I don't know if you guys have discussed this already, but it's about the divas, and I really thought they were going somewhere, but then AJ Lee retired, and I'm like, oh man, there goes my favorite WWE diva. And Definitely want to know your perspective on how you think Charlotte will affect the entire roster, what they'll do with her. And by the way, I thought that whole give deals a chance session on um, Raw, it was just took away from the meaning that was originally with it. So, yeah, I just want to know your thoughts on that. Allison, thank you for calling. I'm glad when you had an opportunity you did so. It is great to hear from a first-time caller from another uh, part of the world, and uh, we really appreciate you taking time when you had the opportunity to uh, say hi and, and pay us some compliments. Yeah, thanks. All right. Um, uh, uh, Jason, uh, uh, give Divas a chance. WWE co-opted that as soon as they had a chance, didn't they? Uh, they did, yeah. It, it, you know, I, I'm thinking Allison might actually be from Ghana, West Africa. That's just me. Okay. I think she's making it up. And Allison, if you call in again, I would hope that you use that. I'd like you to just to, to move around to all the points in the world that Kofi Kingston apparently has as well. Um, the, the the AJ Lee thing was interesting because it. I, I listened to your audio. You and I are on the same page. It was nice. It was too nice. 
What's the motivation? What are they up to? Yep. What are they up to? And, and I don't know if it's, I mean, my guess is they just like, oh, dear God, she's writing a book. <laughs> you know, I, I right. don't know if, and the other part of it, too, is that if we play nice, we can make the fans think, see, we're not so bad after all, until she puts that book out there. Yes. I, you know, I agree. I mean, I, I it just it felt weird. I mean, it was the right thing to do, but not everybody gets that kind of send-off, especially when the their doctor is suing her husband and her husband said what he said on that podcast and all that. It was just it's, it's a peculiar situation. Uh, Char- uh, Allison also asked about Charlotte. I think everybody is hoping Charlotte gets used well, but I think people who have watched Charlotte in NXT are mostly fearful, more than hopeful, of what will happen to her, uh, especially based on that thing that Triple H, you know, had to kind of address, but you could tell he was, you know, it, way more so than John Cena talking about the, how great and polished Roman Reigns is in so many words. Uh, last night, uh, Triple H having to kind of say, well, you know, at least nobody's going to remember the stupid thing we did with Charlotte on Raw. When she finally gets to the main roster, but how how would how will she affect the Divas division if given the chance, and will she be given the chance, even though that phrase has been co-opted and turned into a cliche? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a huge question there. I, I I'm with everyone. You know, it's like she is someone they can build that division around. They can remodel the division after. I I, I like the fact that Nikki Bella is becoming a long-term champion. I hope they don't derail that before Charlotte gets to the main roster because I think that's a key is she has someone to to, to beat to kind of uh, establish that it is a new era when, when that time comes. And, and Nikki's doing a nice job. But right now I just fear like they would say they're doing the right thing. They're giving Divas a chance by putting them out there in 10-minute tag matches and she'd end up teaming with page against the Bellas because that seems to be their answer right now at that and finding a, a challenger of the month. As far as AJ is concerned, I, I think what Allison said is kind of how it is right now. It's like if, if she was your favorite diva, I'm sure you're disappointed. But what was she really doing? You know, they, it, it wasn't like they really had a strong story. I mean, they were clearly moving to Naomi rather than AJ as the challenger, even though AJ won the match at WrestleMania. All signs pointed to it being Naomi. Uh, and, and probably still will, even though they're having this Divas Battle Royal next week. And so AJ was just kind of playing around in these tag matches, and I, I, I like that they're giving them more in-ring time, but now they need to do a much better job with storyline support and, and, and just kind of rebrand. We, we bring it up every week, but so I'll make it quick. Give up on the Divas thing and go with women's division. That would be very nice. Um, that, w- that would be very nice, and it would be symbolic and and hopefully change the tone of, of how they approach them. Uh, uh, now, by the way, is a great time to become a PW Torch VIP member, so time for that plug. Seven, one, eight, you are on with uh, Jason Powell for ProWrestling.net and me, Wade Keller. What have you got for us today? Hello, gentlemen. Good evening. This is Mike from Brooklyn. Always a pleasure listening to you guys. Very insightful, as always. Um, just to add on to the you know, the discussion of minorities, I hope they don't try to go to, you know, the nation route and throw Mark Henry and and the angry Roman Reigns because the fans don't like him in and try to make him a new nation-type stable. I, I, I just don't know at this point with WWE. Like, what are they doing? Like, what are they trying to present to us on television? Are you saying specifically with the New Day or just are you kind of venting about the broad macro sense? Just a broad everything, guys. It's like it's just one week. It was just so flawless, and then it's like this week is empty again. The same thing that I said. I said, "All right, WrestleMania and the day after, 
what happens when, once we move to extreme rules, once we move to what, what was the other battleground, once we move to these pay-per-views, what happens then? Uh, Jason, open-ended question, but uh, certainly there's a contrast between last week's show and this week's show. I think they knew they were up against Duke, Wisconsin, NCAA Finals, and it, it's not right before, right after a pay-per-view. They're, they're not going to have Brock Lesnar there. They gave the authority the week off on a, on a week when the ratings are going to be down, which I love, uh, I, you know, the predictability of that and everything behind it. But, I mean, it, it was a show they just wanted to get through, Jason. And, uh, I mean, I know, I know um, that Mike's talking about a bigger issue, but I don't know that last, last night's show, I don't think it should be used as the, the – uh, that we shouldn't assume that's exactly where they're going to be going forward. Last night's show was kind of – Hopefully and probably somewhat of an exception with, with so many big names not there and their just realization they were battling a beast in terms of ratings. Yeah, I, I haven't been wild. I mean, I, I thought they came out of WrestleMania with a strong couple of hours and then uh, it, it really derailed last week in the third hour. And then this week was by and large more of the same. There were elements of the show I liked. Obviously, I, I, I enjoyed the uh, the Neville and Rollins moment. That was unexpected. That was fun. And that was actually on before the uh, the game started. So that was a nice touch. But I, I just I'm really noticing a massive shortage of meaningful heels. And Sheamus is going to help that. It sounds like they have him and Bad News Barrett aligned. Just the fact that Booker T mentioned that alliance tells me that, okay, it's not just a, a coincidence. And so hopefully that will help both of them. But, I mean, you really do have Seth Rollins, Sheamus, and everybody else. I mean, it, I, I guess some people are going to feel strongly about Bray Wyatt, but he's yet to win a meaningful big match. And then you're, you're looking at Big Show, and you're looking at Kane. I, I think they have a pretty strong babyface roster right now. They need to do more to put heat on the heels, and, and because you're just going to end up with too many situations where – they don't have enough heels to go around, and it's going to cool off those baby faces. And and I mean, but I mean, obviously, the the, the biggest issue is just telling better stories, being more consistent. And, and I think now with all these hours of television, I, I think Vince is still very much taking the what's the plan for Cena, what's the plan for Roman Reigns approach to his booking. And and there's never been a time where he he can never been a time a worse time for him to take that approach. He can't get away with that anymore, Wade. It's with three hours of television to fill on Monday. You can't. I mean, look at Miz and Miz last night Wait, oh. what was that yeah, you know i mean he's just not even paying attention no i, was, I mean i was kind of saving that for the after show because uh, i've got a couple things I, I liked about raw i wanted to talk to you about and a couple things i didn't like and but yeah i mean in brief and we can get more into it I, I have never seen a feud last as long with as much fan interest go so unrecognized by a promotion when featuring the first televised one-on-one match between the two guys who have been part of this ongoing angle that fans were invested in. I mean, I was shocked when JBL, as they went to the break, goes, you know, Miz is doing his ring entrance, and JBL goes, it's going to be Miz against Miz now, right before the the break. And I'm like, that was like less than one second of hype, like of JBL saying that for that match that should have had so much anticipation. It, it should have been something you could headline an off week of Raw with. They could have opened that show and said, we're going to headline with it, do recaps, have other wrestlers talk about what they hope Mizdow's going to do to Miz, have Mizdow do what he can do on the microphone, build it up. And, I mean, they could have headlined Raw with that on uh, going up against NCAA, and I think they would have been fine. It would have been novel and different. And instead, well, anyway, now I'm going way deep into it. But, yeah, that was very disappointing, Jason. It, it was. And, I, I, you know, they, they did hype it on the pre-show. I, I think they're kind of falling into this trap where Ooh. I think everyone's watching all of their programming and things like that. 
where you don't even build it up through Raw. It just was announced on the pre-show, so everyone must know it's coming. Nope. And then, like, Roman Reigns not speaking on Raw two weeks in a row. You, you, the only time you hear from him is on SmackDown, coming out of WrestleMania. That's a huge mistake. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even though, you know, they assume all people saw SmackDown. It's like, Roman had a solid sit-down interview on SmackDown last Thursday, but, yeah, I mean... To be in the main event of WrestleMania and fall short and to have the Raw audience, the ones who only watch some or all of Raw, and that's it, which is a big part of their fan base and a big part that they need to be winning over, to have you know uh, him just uh, brooding and looking sad and uh, upset that he even has to show up to work, and, and that's all we know about him since Mania. Um, that, that, is, that is rough. You're right. They can't assume the pregame show is something that everybody's aware of, and they know better. Now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore. Harry's knows sometimes it's better to stay inside, and that's why they ship directly to you, so you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience of your own home. I love Harry's razors because of the fit and finish of the razor blade. For me, I don't like putting a cheap plastic blade or a heavy blade that's off balance up against my face when I'm shaving. Harry's has that perfect fit and finish, that balance and that sense of quality and that sense of safety along with a great shave. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special trial offer by going to harrys.com slash dailycast. That's harrys.com slash dailycast. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule, with or without a subscription. Your choice. And you can feel good about your purchase. There's a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. And 1% of proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. So listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash dailycast. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. So go to harrys.com slash dailycast to start shaving better today. That's harrys.com slash dailycast to get a free Harry's trial set. And I love the packaging it comes in, too. All right, uh, 813, you're up next. 813, please state your name and where you're calling from. Uh, hey, this is Jay from Tampa. Sorry about earlier. I had yeah, no you guys on mute. Yep. All right, two, two things. Uh, the, the first thing is, uh, like the, the previous caller said, I hope they don't take that direction. I don't know, uh, and I'm speaking about the New Day situation, and it seemed like they kind of dropped a potential breadcrumb on, on a, a breakup, which is, much, much needed, uh, but uh, I noticed on their website last night um, that they, I don't know if they filter their tweets. I'm sure they would filter it if it was something they really didn't want to, but I thought it didn't make any sense because the only tweet that they posted up there at that time was someone that said, why don't WWE put New Day with prime time players and make a new nation, which will be an even worse uh situation at that point but um and some of the comments that they had uh uh primetime players make against new day was it, it made me cringe myself you know saying stuff like biggie jakes and uh harris nappy blah 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 it's like i'm hoping that I don't know if what's worse is if they're freestyling on saying that or somebody wrote that in. Either one is worse. I just don't know which one or 
the more so. But uh, the second thing I, I wanted to speak about was uh, I was listening to a, a, a Jericho podcast a, a little bit earlier uh, in the week, and one thing he went on a quick rant about was um, the response of a lot of the crowds. Uh, I want to get your take on that is do you have that feeling toward the crowds that, hey, if you pay your money, say what you want, or, you know, he was, he kind of made a, a point when he mentioned something about some of the chants that took place at the um, uh, Hall of Fame, as an example, and people that were mentioning things about the Bushwhackers not, should not have been in the Hall of Fame, and how he was talking about Bush being on crutches and stuff, he, he paved the way and paid the dues, and he, you know, uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears in the business. How could you say someone like that, that, you know, that rather perform instead of be with their family and somebody comes in and say, you know, and so on and so forth. But my main thing is, do you think it's going overboard with uh, kind of like the shameless thing? Uh, you look stupid and stuff. It, it seemed like if you would have came back as a baby face with the haircut, it's fine, but now it's a heel. I don't know if that makes the difference or not. What's your take on that? Well, Seamus does look stupid, and I think he wants to look stupid, and I think as a heel, he should be happy that he's getting that chant, because that's what a heel is aiming for. Um, so that, that I think, is separate. Uh, uh, Jason, I think Jericho is, is, is partially, if not largely, right when it comes to the Hall of Fame. I think that, that there's a certain decorum. Um, if you attend the Hall of Fame, you know that you're not going to agree with everybody who's going in, but the time to protest, the place to protest, is not at the Hall of Fame when they are in front of their family and friends and colleagues, um, you know, getting what could be a, a, one of the, the professional highlight of their life in terms of the setting and the attention. That's not a time to taunt. That Save it for the arena. That said, and, and also, you know, saying crude things about the women, you know, chanting crude things about women or divas or whatever, that, that, there's no place for that. Um, so I, I do kind of think there should be a separate set of rules at the Hall of Fame that fans prescribe to. Uh, and at the arenas, I, I, I sort of think there shouldn't be rules. And, um, you know, obviously there's rules in terms of language or, you know, but, but in terms of, oh, you have to like what WWE feeds you and you have to respond the way that you're supposed to. I mean, no, that's they're not paid cast members. They're not even volunteer cast members. Um, they're fans who are supposed to react. And so it, 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 each situation is different. I, I understand Jericho's frustration. But yeah, different set of rules at the Hall of Fame and almost no rules at house shows. That's kind of my short answer. Yeah, I, I think that covers it. I, I think when you go to the Hall of Fame, be respectful. Realize what it is and that, yes, it's it's a McMahon family Hall of Fame, but to the to, it really is what the inductees make it, what they choose to make it. If they want to go up there and kind of uh, joke around and it's not that important to them, so be it. But there are a lot of people, I think there are more more performers than not that really are honored by that and, and treated like a big deal and, and it's very meaningful to them. Don't ruin that. It's just that simple. No, it, it really is. And I, I understand the frustration of uh, of Jericho, you know, ranting about that. I mean, I think that that's definitely good for him to do. Okay, um, Erico 310, you're up next. 310, please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, guys, this is Tom from um, Los Angeles. How are you doing? Uh, good. Just um, a comment on um, something that is, uh, I find to be a fascinating topic going on right now. Um, 
NXT chants and things like that at shows, you know, for for years and years, you know, when you saw disapproving WWE fans, you'd hear them chant ECW, blah, 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 things like that. I can't remember ever seeing a dynamic in, in any sport or any industry, really, where the fans that were rebelling against the company were actually chanting and rooting for another part of the company. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really strange. I mean, it's, it's really strange and an interesting dynamic because the WWE is in full control. If, if fans are cheering for something that they like, they are the ones that are producing this other product. It's, I, I think it's, I, mean, I think it's, it's more nuanced than that. I, here's, here's what I'd compare it to Tom. I think it's like cheering for a backup quarterback when the starting quarterback who's overpaid and conservative okay. and just as best friends with a coach is getting way too much opportunity to keep a starting job. So I think when the fans chant NXT, what they're saying is, hey, WWE powers it be. We ha- you are producing something that is more along the lines of what we like and what we want. We are here because we're WWE fans. We're not a love it or leave it type of fan. We are a participate in trying to change it kind of fan. And so when they go to a WWE show and chant NXT, it's not anti-WWE. What it's saying is we want our voice to be heard about what we want the main product to be more like. And NXT, you're onto something with NXT. Please, Vince McMahon, please, Stephanie and Kevin Dunn, hear us and make this main product more like that. And and I, I think that's fine. It is different than an ECW chant because ECW was just... You know, hey, learn about this promotion. You know, this promotion exists, and we love what it stood for. And we know WWE can't be like it, but we just want everybody to know how much we love ECW. And I think the NXT chance there's some similarities, but there's some differences. Jason, yeah, it's it's rebelling. It's not as rebellious because it is owned by the same company. But you nailed it. It just really is sending the message that this is the product we like. This is what we want you to strive to be. That that makes sense, Tom. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the only piece of it that I would say is different is, I mean, I do understand where you're coming from, from a sports end, but what's strange about it is that a lot of times when you hear someone chant for a backup quarterback, right, the backup quarterback isn't actually better than the starting quarterback. Uh, Fans are just sick of what they're seeing, and they want to see something different, even if they're not really rooting for something they know. What's different here is that, you know, this is, it's it's a written sport. I mean, this is something that the fans know they want and know could translate. And it's just, you're not, we're not really seeing a lot of evidence that it's becoming translatable to the main product at all. So, I, I mean, I think the backup quarterback scenario does make sense, but, it, it, you know, this isn't one of those uh, uh, situations where we're chanting for something we don't know. We're chanting for a known entity that, that could be brought the main uh, uh, roster. So I just think yeah. there is some difference there. I think that the issue with NXT and what it could be brought to the main, and whether it could be brought to the main roster, it, it, there's there's some things. That, if NXT was a three-hour show and a two-hour show with a monthly three-hour show, it's not what NXT is. <laughs> you know, like, it's if, if WWE was a one-hour show only available, if Raw was a one-hour show only available on WWE Network, and once every three months they ran a, a two-hour live special, you'd love it because they'd be able to just feature the best part of what Raw currently is, and they would leave you wanting more. And, I mean, so 
there, there's just something about, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't philosophical differences, but NXT has this huge advantage that gets uh, a huge part of what makes NXT special goes away the second you ask of NXT five hours a week in a monthly pay-per-view. But that's not to say there aren't things that NXT does well, but there, those are things that it is, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the having a dream match between New Japan and WWE. It's just, it's not going to happen. There's, Vince McMahon is not going to make his product a lot like what people like about NXT. So the fans are chanting it. In a way, they might not be chanting it because they realistically think there will be change. They're chanting it because they want other fans to know, hey, there's this other brand on WWE Network we love and you might like it. I mean, there might be that too. You know, just trying to spread the word about what they love about NXT. But, I mean, Tom, I just, I don't think there's a lot about what makes NXT special that is all that translatable um, I have a list of three or four things, but a lot of those, go, uh, the other list of things I think people like about NXT just aren't transferable. I mean, I like the tone of the announcing. I like the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. I like squash matches to, to create anticipation for a wrestler who's on the rise, having to face somebody tough down the line. Um, there are absolutely booking philosophies and production philosophies about NXT that are trans- transferable. I don't think those are concretely and specifically what the fans chanting NXT are thinking about when they chant NXT. I think what they're thinking is, I love Sami Zayn, I love Neville, I love uh, uh, Prince Devitt, I love uh, Kenta, you know, I love high spots and these flashy wrestlers give him a chance. And in Vince McMahon's mind, he's like, they're a bunch of Daniel Bryans and Dolph Ziggler's and he doesn't relate. Listeners of this show can claim their free audiobook from Audible right now by going to audible.com slash wade. That's audible.com slash w-a-d-e. That includes the March 20th release of Jim Ross's Under the Black Hat. You can catch up on his previous book right now. Make that your free book. Or Kane's new autobiography. Browse the entire selection of pro wrestling books or expand beyond that, such as Alan Carr's series of self-help books, such as The Easy Way to Quit Smoking and The Easy Way to Lose Weight. I recommend both of them. With a monthly membership, members get one credit each month to pick a title, plus two Audible Originals from a monthly selection, and also access to daily news digests from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and more. So go to audible.com slash wade, or text wade to 500-500. That's audible.com slash wade, or text wade to 500-500. The Audible app is free. Just download it to your phone or your tablet, and listen anywhere you go, wherever you are. In the kitchen, on a walk with your dog, while jogging, at the gym, as a way to wind down at night, or while you're doing chores around the house. That's audible.com slash Wade, or text Wade to 500-500. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing I would say and why I like that product is it's simple to watch. Um, you know, this is a, I think there's a topic, I'm not sure if I brought it up with, with you, but this is, you know, when I was sitting there watching with a casual fan, a uh, Royal Rumble, uh, et cetera, it is so difficult to, this product is so inaccessible to the casual fan because I was watching with a buddy who watches a couple times a year, and I'm sitting there saying, so that's Roman Reigns. Like, people, you know, they boo him, but we're supposed to like him, and they don't like him for these reasons because of backstage. It's, it's a very complicated product to explain to the casual fan. And so it's, it's, it's frustrating to watch them try and create a program that is trying to bring new viewers in and just do the complete opposite. I mean, how could you pick this program up from nowhere? It's, yeah. 
it takes too much explanation and too much background knowledge. Well, I, I agree. I mean, part of what I think makes NXT uh, work, uh, Tom, really appreciate your comments. Uh, Jason, part of what makes NXT work is what Tom said. It's simple. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't take something that's a, a simple formula that if you just do it right, it works, and it's not all that hard, and they're complicating it. It's like to drive a car, there's a gas pedal, there's a brake, shift into drive, hold the steering wheel, and stay on the road. And really, pro wrestling should be that easy to explain. Create a character that you that you who first of all have a, have a crew of wrestlers who can tell stories in the ring and also convey a personality and passion for their voice on the microphone. So you set that foundation, and then you set up a ring, and you have a championship that everybody's fighting for, and you set up a, a roughly half the people who, in various ways, you want to see win for because their values and everything matches up with a fan base. You give them reason to want to see you win, and you set up the other half of the roster. Uh, having traits and tactics and approaches and attitudes that you want to that where you would take joy in seeing them lose, and then when there's a match outcome, there, when there, there's an outcome to a match, you have to have the thrill of victory in the agony of defeat and consequences. The win has to lead to somebody moving up the card. A loss has to lead to soul searching or grumpiness or a breakup or a change in philosophy or whatever it is, and just have consequences to it. If you do that. It's that simple. It's, you don't have to have a new viewer who's going, well, wait, why is this happening and that happening? It's as simple as that. And Vince McMahon, in his quest to distance himself from pro wrestling, has invented something that isn't even definable, isn't definably different in, a, in any explainable way, quote, sports entertainment. And then he just mishmashed and complicated a product in a needless way that doesn't actually enhance the product as part of his quest to make sure that he's not seen as a pro wrestling promoter. He wants to be different. And then you have a bunch of people who don't know any better just feeding that monster, and it, things get complicated and, as Tom said, hard to explain to new fans. It, 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 it is at its best when it's simple, and WWE is making it really complicated, and it's frustrating. It doesn't have to – and that's, again, Jason, that's, what, that's a big part of NXT's popularity is it's stripped down to what I described. It's people you want to see win against, people you want to see lose with outcomes that matter. And it's 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 very straightforward in terms of the presentation of the characters. You, yeah. You, yeah, I mean, we do have the vaude villains, and, and and when C.J. Parker was there, he kind of had a, a sports entertainment, you know, a character you would think of when you think of the word sports entertainment. But it's you you know where guys stand, unless they don't want you to. You know, you you it, it's you don't have a hard time figuring out who's heel, who's babyface. There's the youthful energy. That the, the, the product possesses that I think WWE misses out on, and, and it would be hard to capture in a three-hour window every Monday night anyway. Um, but it, it just has that cool factor going for it. The other thing is, I, I think one of the, I, I've been so impressed that they haven't played the WWE political game at NXT yet in, in terms of. Well, Kevin Owens just got here, so he's going to have to lose a couple matches, and we'll bring him in slowly. No, if a guy, if they feel like the guy can do something, they are not afraid. I mean, Kevin Owens, perfect example, is the guy that came in, won the championship just like that. You know, and you don't really get that from WWE, and so it's the guys that the people want to see put in prominent positions. They're put in prominent positions. We're not sitting around going, "Oh, when are they finally going to do something with that Sami Zayn?" You know, there's none of that at the NXT level, and, and I think that. That's where that that's another area where they really thrive. They they seem to be listening to that fan base in in the same way that Vince McMahon claims he does. But when push comes to shove, Vince is doing what he wants to do. Right, exactly, and and that's the yeah. I mean, you go back to uh, top top of our 
of the show talking about, or, or near the beginning of the show, talking about John Cena and that message about, you know, grab the brass ring. And he's like, I know people get bad when frustrated with Vince saying that, but it's really true. And it's like, how is it really true? Like, how, <laughs> how has that ever happened? You've got Roman Reigns. I, I just want someone to define what Daniel Bryan didn't do that. You know, when it came to grabbing, would they just, well, yes. he did, and he got his moment, would probably be their answer. But why didn't that moment continue, I guess, would be my question. What did, didn't Cesaro do it? You know, I mean, like, I just, I, what, define it. Because Roman Reigns got rewarded with a WrestleMania main event by going on a radio show and saying, I just do what management tells me, and I hope to get rich along the way. And he's the guy getting the top push, and Daniel Bryan is in a seven-man match after headlining the year before, and Cesaro's in a battle row getting tossed out by Big Show, uh, Big Show representing the establishment and go-along, get-along more than anybody. I, I just, yeah, I, it, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, tomorrow, uh, Dave Prezak joins Pat McNeil. He is a good person. Uh, Dave Prezak gets to call and talk about women's wrestling and the state of the Divas division and Charlotte and AJ's departure and how things can change, but you can talk about anything. Uh, that'll be Pat's show tomorrow. I'll be by on Thursday with Interview Thursday, and then Bruce Mitchell and Travis Bryant debut their Friday show. The Friday show will not be at 5.30 Eastern. It'll be a little bit later, so it's going to give some of you who hear us on delay a chance to participate in the show. We will uh, sign off on that note and uh, move on to uh, Pat McNeil tomorrow here on the livecast. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be interesting what the rebound show is tomorrow after the viewership for uh, Raw this week, taking a big hit. So we'll see how all that goes. All right, everybody, thanks so much. And on behalf of Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net, Wade Keller, PWTorchLiveCast.com, and PWTorch.com, signing off. All right, we're now on the VIP after show portion of the program. Uh, Jason, one thing that I really like uh, and I, that, uh, about uh, not just Raw, but SmackDown too, and even Raw last week, was John Cena, the U.S. Championship. It's kind of the best case scenario right now. Um, or, or it's, you know, uh, before WrestleMania, people were saying, oh, it's, it's not going to, you know, no title's ever going to be elevated. That doesn't happen around here. And John Cena won the U.S. title from Rusev, and it has become an important title again. Cena says, I'm going to defend it. Uh, I'm going to have open challenges. I thought he was great on Jericho. It was one of my favorite parts of what I've seen so far in Jericho. Uh, his interview with Cena. Cena's like, I really like it. It's an opportunity for the guys to be in the ring. You know, he's got to be humble. He's sort of humble about saying it, but I get it. It's a chance for me to, to, to wrestle guys for whom it will be the biggest match of their career to date or, you know, one of the bigger ones. Uh, not that he's going to be taking on nobodies, but it, it, it gives him a chance to be out there and just have a good, you know, 10, 12, 13 minute match with a stardust. And it normally wouldn't happen and be a defending champion in contrast to some of the heels like Seth weaseling out of title matches and Brock Lesnar and, and not having many title defenses and even Wade Barrett, you know, whatever. So I just, I like the approach he's taking. I like the open challenge. Obviously you save the big defense for, that's another guy who was on the show last night, Rusev. You save the big defenses for the pay-per-views, but it gives Cena a, a reason to be on TV without having to just invent a new way to talk about Rusev every week. It's really good for his character. It is good for the title. I, I thought the title was reestablished nicely when Rusev held it, but it, this is, I think, taking it to a new level. I just wonder if this is their hint that it's not going to last long. 
I, I just don't know that they're going to have seen out there defending that title on every single week for, you know, however many weeks going forward. I, I Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I just kind of wonder if this is a sign of a short title reign. And then once you get back to maybe it's Rusev who beats him, could be as soon as in this pay-per-view. But whoever ends up with it is a heel and just says, well, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I you know what? Even if it doesn't last very long, I'd even be fine with it. You know, like sure, if we get it for four weeks, you know, because you're right. I mean, it, it probably is unsustainable for Cena to defend his U.S. title once or twice a week on TV every week for nine months. I, I think I think it'd be kind of fun if it did. There'd be some recycling of challengers and all that, but it'd be an interesting challenge. But yeah, probably overexposure of Cena, and, and, and but nevertheless, I, I kind of like that. While it's happening, you have a top star valuing the title. I mean, there's been times where the tag team titles have been won by big stars, and they kind of acted like it was extra baggage, and it wasn't something they were proud of. Or, you know, the U.S. title and IC title and tag titles have been gone stretches of time where you didn't even know who the champions were, or a big name had it, you know, like Big Show, and it just didn't defend it or, or didn't value it. And I really like that Cena, with all that he's accomplished and being at the, uh, you know, been to the top of the mountain how many times, is saying this title means something, it's important to me. The next guy who holds it, whether it's Rusev or somebody else, and the person after that, and the person after that, is going to benefit from that. Now, there's ways to undo it pretty quickly. You just forget about it again and just go back to treating it that way. But it's it's at a higher perch now, based on what Cena has done, and it it's going to take bad booking to bring it down. Um, it's sort of like you know you have a three three nothing lead in hockey. Um, it's good, but you can screw it up with bad goaltending and, and just sloppy play. But right now, the U.S. title sort of has a three zero lead, and it's going to take some screwing up to bring it down again. You know what it's going to take is an, is whoever beats Cena losing non-title matches. I, I, I'm half of me is convinced that like if if I, I look at this as a shoot Wade and John Cena's gone, I'm going to defend the title on a weekly basis so that they can't put him in non-title losses like they have every other secondary champion. Yeah. The, the the only thing I don't like right now about the formula, I, I get it this time. You know, Rusev Cena is a big match coming out of WrestleMania. It's a rematch of that and everything. Don't tell me who he's going to face at the pay-per-view right up, right up after the after the previous pay-per-view because it's hard enough to believe that Stardust has a chance to beat John Cena. But when I know Cena against Rusev is on the horizon, I just assume there's no way in hell Stardust winning that match. I will give credit. No, you're right. I will give credit to Cena for saying Rusev is going to get the U.S. title shot whether I am champion or not. Yeah. Um, and, and I like that attention to detail. It's, I would rather they do that than just ignore what you just said. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the trade-off. You know, you kind of have to have a trade-off of hyping a match for some amount of time. And you just have to establish that, hey, if, if, if uh, you know, Stardust wins, then Stardust goes on to face Rusev at the pay-per-view. Now, of course, I don't think there's much you can do to convince people Stardust is going to win the U.S. title. I don't think you can do a, a gimmick of Cena defending the title every week and have a believable challenger every time. But that doesn't mean you're not just thinking, but maybe... You know, just give us that story to believe in. Maybe this will be this exception that doesn't make sense, and they'll find a way to have it make sense later. Um, but I like that. Uh, Neville, I'm curious what you thought of uh, Seth and Neville coming, uh, Neville coming out at the beginning and, and how they treated and portrayed him on week two. As someone who unintentionally zones out the broadcast team, I think it's probably a positive in this case because I, I don't think they do a good job with things like this. I did catch some of their commentary. Wasn't wowed by it. JBL had to kind of be the voice of reason there and putting over his past in NXT. And I don't think they even went so far as to say former NXT champion, but I could be mistaken. Um, 
I, but as, as far as just what those two did, I enjoyed it. I, I liked the surprise of, wow, it's Neville already against Rollins. That's cool. And then I loved the way Seth Rollins played it. I, there was the one point in the promo exchange where it's just like, why is Neville not saying anything? That was a little awkward. But other than that, it just, you know, Seth Rollins was the very, you know, just extremely overly confident champion, just looking down on this guy. And Neville's doing a good job of just not backing down. And so I was left wanting more. And I thought Seth winning the way he did is right for him. You know, it's I'm not a big fan of fluky heel champions, but that's what his character is. You know, he's not he's not going to go out there and be the guy that just wins clean all the time as a heel. And I've called for more heels, you know, more clean heel victories at times. But Seth Rollins, could he get some to establish some credibility? Sure. Cool. But that's just not who that what that character really is. He's he's the wormy heel champion. And so it took. J&J security getting involved to kind of save him in this scenario. So, you know, they gave Neville an out. So I I just thought very well done across the board. We're about to go to another commercial break. Why are you listening to commercial breaks? Why deal with these interruptions when you can become a VIP member, support the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, the PW Torch Daily Casts, and the entire team and everything that we do, and get a ton in return for your membership by becoming a VIP member. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com for full details. 30 plus years of archives of podcasts, retro radio shows, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, a fascinating march through our coverage of wrestling history, and so much more, including ad free versions of the Wade Keller Podcast, Wade Keller Post Shows, and PW Torch Daily Casts, and several exclusive VIP podcasts just about every day, dozens of VIP exclusive podcast that you're not hearing because you're not a VIP member. So go VIP, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Subscribe to our VIP podcast feed and listen in a streamlined way with no interruptions to all of our podcasts. Again, that's pwtorchvipinfo.com. And, and I think with Seth, what makes him infuriating as part of his heel character in a good way, um, and because heels should infuriate the fan base, in, in the context of the narrative and the storyline, the, t- the story they're telling, is that he's better than this. You know, I think fans think, Seth, you could win without J&J. Don't take the shortcuts. Just stop spending so much time trying to figure out how to cheat to win and just dedicate yourself to being the best you can be, and you'll win. Like, I think people see him as a credible champion. There have been champions who have been, in, or heels, who, you know, just are always winning in that way, and you don't take them seriously. But the, what makes Seth effective as a heel as I think fans go he doesn't have to take this approach but he chooses to that makes him even more of a heel and and what bugged me is when Seth won the announcers didn't point out oh yeah but as Neville was about to dive off the top rope J&J got involved and you don't have to say Neville would have won you can just say we don't really know what would have happened because J&J cheated us out of finding out what matches are put on for we have matches to find out who the better wrestler is, not who has somebody who's more willing to cheat on their behalf at ringside. And, and again, that's what the, the number one thing I would change about Vince McMahon's approach and Kevin Dunn, too, and whoever has you know, Vince's ear. But the number one thing about Vince's approach is I want him to, to, to push the idea that a match is there for two wrestlers to find out who's better. And anything that gets in the way of that is blasphemy. It's disgraceful. It undercuts the whole purpose of a match and put heat on the heels when they do that because that's how sports works. And he has chosen to call what he does sports entertainment and sports is entertaining because there's a set of rules and guidelines and there is 
there are penalties going on the hockey theme. You spend two minutes in the penalty box or five minutes in the penalty box when you get an unfair advantage. And there's a reason for that because people want to find out who the better team is and you have to have rules in order to do that. So that, that, that's, that's part of that. So I, I'd want Vince to change that and have a voice of the, the announcers would be the key is have a lead announcer and a babyface color commentator, one or both be expressing outrage when that was taken away from the fans. The top value of a match should be we're here to find out who's better, and when heels cheat, there's heat on them for taking that away. Um, Neville being in that situation is interesting. It fits it. It fits a theme that I don't like, which is it, which is even Sheamus too. Which is it's what I didn't like about the primetime players talking about Kofi's cave, concave chest. You know, he's got the nerve damage like Jericho does, and Scott Steiner did. Um, don't kill me, Scott. Um, and sure. and the the. The, the like it's one thing I don't think that you should go out there and have heels talking about Hall Small, Dolph Ziggler, and Daniel Bryan and Neville are. Like that shouldn't be the majority of what we hear about them. If you're gonna say it, you need to have an even stronger opposing voice. You need to have either Neville, which isn't gonna happen, or Bryan and Ziggler speaking out and making their case even stronger why it doesn't matter. You need to have the announcers countering that. And you don't have that. I mean, it, it's it. You know, Larry Zabisco was somebody who would, you know, talk about uh, undercut the cruiserweights. Larry was really good in certain ways on Nitro, but he would undercut the cruiserweights in a way that hurt their drawing power. JBL last night, ah, that flippy flop stuff doesn't work when you run into a fist. It's like, do we really want to be saying that when I would say six of the top nine guys right now on the pipeline are undersized guys who would be considered flippy-flop guys, according to Triple H and JBL and Vince McMahon. Sometimes you have to embrace and, and, and highlight and, and feature the positive aspects of the assets you have. And right now they have assets that maybe they don't understand why fans are cheering them, but they are. Why would you go out of your way to undercut them and have JBL say that and have Seth Rollins say it and have Sheamus say it and not at least have a strong counter voice? A really good point. When, when Seth said, I think he called him a pipsqueak, I believe is what it was. Yeah. That would have been a great place for someone to jump in and just say, okay, yeah, he might not be as tall as Seth Rollins, but look how put together, well put together this guy is. You know, I mean, really just start raving and point, accentuating those positives that he has if you're going to say it at all. And so you're right. I the roster, assuming that you know the the stars of NXT today eventually come up to the main roster, it's only going to get smaller. I mean, it's so it's it's time to to knock that off for sure. But I don't know that it's ever going to change as long as Vince McMahon's in charge. He's just always had it's it's somewhat of a body fetish and and also a height issue. And the whole Kofi Kingston chest thing. Wait, I've never given a second of thought to Kofi Kingston's chest until last night. It, it reminded me of John Cena bringing up Cesaro's nipples. I, I'd never once thought about Cesaro's nipples until John Cena made me. And, and I had noticed Kofi's chest, you know, just like I noticed Jericho's. I mean, it, I observed it, but it, it seems like kind of like Hogan didn't want people talking about him being bald. Dusty didn't want people calling him fat when they were in power. It's like it, it feels kind of dirty um, for one wrestler or a writer to give it to a wrestler to say that because it has nothing to do with anything it's not it, you can't change it and you're right it now draws attention to something that you just kind of hope the fans weren't paying attention to it it felt kind of like the aspects of the outsiders in the nwo or not really dx as much but uh hall and nash at their worst you know and it was part of the horseman skit you know making fun of r and being a being a drunk and and you know the stuff and and yeah it's just it felt like it got a little personal and i don't understand why they would go there or need to go there, especially because it wasn't funny. 
And I don't even know if I'm supposed to be cheering along with primetime players or booing them for it. I, I don't understand their characters. No, they, they've always just they've, – they've been a, a source of frustration for me because I think if they put as much of their focus on what they do in the ring and, and, and executing some good tag moves as they do just trying to be funny, they'd be all right. But they're right back to where they were. You know, when they brought them back, it kind of seemed like – Oh, they're not doing the millions of dollars dance, and 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 it looks like they're going to be kind of a more serious team, and, and that's been abandoned. They're just right there back to the dance, and I know some people like it. It you know that that if it was one thing, it wouldn't be so bad. But this com the comedy shenanigans are doing already is just it's eye rolling. And uh, I did have to laugh though when they felt the need to show us what the ascension looks like. They had to put those pictures of those guys up there. It wasn't like Kofi where you – it wasn't done to like look at how freakish his chest is. It was done just to remind us who these guys even are. <laughs> yes, yes. When you download and listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, we get right into the analysis of what happened. If you want to get a foundation of what happened if you didn't watch the show or a sneak peek at what I thought of the show, check out PWTorch.com where I cover Raw, AEW, or NXT, and SmackDown – on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. I'm updating my reports every few minutes during the program, so whether you're watching or not, check out pwtorch.com and hit refresh during the shows, or catch up after the shows are completed. Same thing, by the way, for WWE pay-per-views. That's pwtorch.com. Read the results, full details of what happened, and my analysis of the segments in the show. That's pwtorch.com. All right, our first email question, uh, VIP member Cody B. Uh, hey, guys, love the Tuesday show. I have a few questions. What's the best way to use Bray Wyatt in his next angle or feud? Uh, Jason, that's a loaded question because there isn't – I don't know if load is a word, but you, there's no best way. That's, that's subjective. Um, but what's a strategy? What's a good way? What's, what's, a, you know, what's one example of a logical path? I think, again, Bray should be different because he lost Undertaker. There should be something different about him that makes him scarier or more sympathetic or a little more on edge or a little more grounded. Something. You have to have a consequence to Bray Wyatt saying what he said before Mania, losing, and now being back. He needs to have a sh- he needs to change lanes, shift his approach, and take into account that he failed at the most important quest yet in his career. So I, I don't think specifics matter other than his first promo should have been something that was built up. The announcer should have owned the finish of Undertaker and acknowledged it and said, Bray lost Undertaker at WrestleMania. What does this mean to Bray Wyatt? And he should have addressed it and turned that into an asset instead of running from it. Absolutely. And, and just don't recreate that scene, too. I, I think the imagery is all wrong. I, I was bored with those studio promos that he was doing. You know, one of the things that worked so well early on was the, 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 the nature videos. I think those were actually shot in NXT back in the day where, the, you know, they had the whole Wyatt family yeah. outside or you had them in the barn or the Wyatt family compound. It's, it's I the, like that. Jason, it's the house that's always closest to where the, the, the teenagers and 20-somethings car breaks down in horror movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and they did that when they first debuted, and I thought it was so great. Yeah. I, I'd, you know, at least shake up the setting. But everything you're saying is true. I, I like the more dangerous approach. He's now deranged because of this. He got beat by the guy that he wanted to defeat and doesn't get a chance at him because, you know, we, we, you find a creative way of saying Taker only comes around once a year. And so he does, you know, the thing he wanted most, he doesn't get a chance to get. And it'd be nice if wrestlers in WWE had friends so that maybe if there was a guy that on the undercard, you know, if he was going to feud with the, one of the top guys, maybe he beats the holy hell out of that top guy's undercard friend or something just to kind of show how dangerous he is. This guy needs wins. 
this guy loses every big match they put him in. Uh, I, the, the, the Daniel Bryan thing doesn't even count. That, that's the last meaningful win, and, and it, don't, it doesn't even pack a punch anymore when he beat him at the Royal Rumble. That, that's it. I, I, can, I can't really think of meaningful Bray Wyatt wins outside of when he was with the Wyatt family. And I, I don't, I, I, at this point, Wade, why not put the band back together? I, they probably don't have anything for them to do, but they certainly don't seem like they have anything for them to do as individuals. So at, at least give us that. And don't just have them show up on week together. You know, like, have that be part of the story. You know, Bray Wyatt lost Undertaker. He's decided to bring the family back together. They, You know, like, have it be a storyline that Bray tried to go out on his own. It didn't work. Everyone else did. They, they can be stronger now that, it, you know, tell the story. They can be stronger now that they've tested the waters on their own. They've even fought each other. Uh, now what's going to happen when Bray has his, his, uh, you know, his helper, his, his family and his helpers back together Would that have helped him against Undertaker. Yeah. Something's got to be shaken up with that character. Cody also wants to know, uh, why WWE's dropped the ball on three decent middle card angles and the payoff matches with the Bella Twins, Golda Stardust, and the non-advertised Miz Mizdell match. No explanation to the angle, no decent payoff match. Um, why does this happen and what can be done to fix it? Uh, it's just caring more about the mid card, Jason, paying more attention to it, I guess. That's the key right there. You know, and and I wish Vince would just acknowledge he only cares so much and put faith in his creative team members. I mean, he can still oversee it if he has plans for one of those guys, but let them do their thing. Let them be the ones to tell the story from start to finish. And just if he wants to focus on the top guys, focus on it, but have some faith in those writers to execute a you know a, a complete storyline from start to finish that that he like I say he oversees, but he doesn't overly manage and start picking apart so that by the time you know they're trying to tell this several week story and it just gets so dissected in week one that everything's out the window. I, I think Goldust Stardust. I don't think they were crazy about the match they had. Uh, I can't, I don't remember if it was the Rumble or Fastlane. I think probably Fastlane. It, they they told you know they had they had Dustin go out there and tell that story about uh, how you know he was going to basically beat this Stardust out of Cody and then Dusty calmed him down and they went out and had this very subdued match and and I don't think that did them any favors uh, so I think that one might be different but I, I think they pulled the plug on that one intentionally Miz and Miz Dow I mean we talked about it earlier that I. I, it just looked to me like they were having all sorts of fun with the build-up to the payoff, and no one took the time to think, what do we do after WrestleMania? <laughs> I know. I know. And and they could have – this show could have been in part built around the announcers excitedly talking about how we're finally going to see Miz. I'll take on Miz. What we kind of need are announcers who are more like Larry Nelson. We need announcers who are more like Gordon Soley or Mark Laurent. The old-time announcers, Mick Karsh to this day – who are just totally excited to be there, just as the term is used, marking out for seeing a babyface get an opportunity to get revenge on a heel. And you just don't get that. I mean, you don't get that from Booker. You certainly don't get it from Byron Saxton, who's kind of a snarky uh, man of few words on SmackDown, and now he's supposed to be the lead voice of of the show. Uh, Tom Phillips would have been better for that spot by far, uh, based on, you know, the performance we saw the last week and a half. Um, yeah, it's 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 maddening and frustrating. We need to have the, – the answer is Vince McMahon, the writers, and the announcers need to be – immerse themselves in that kind of universe that WWE creates and react the way they want fans to. And don't be too cool to be excited about seeing a babyface get his hands on a heel. Mizdow finally getting his hands on Miz should have been a big deal. And for people who invested in that moment – for it to come across uh, on within the sh- within the opening and closing credits of Raw to be treated as it was what was hugely underwhelming and, and very disappointing. Uh, Wayne from Toronto, Jason, he says I 
found it really odd to see Brad Maddox on camera talking to Kane. Is he back? I can't remember the last time I saw him on TV. I thought he had huge potential when he was around. Jason, we saw that quirky Matt or that weird appearance from him on uh, at house shows. Uh, where right. you know, but but yeah, it was just weird for him to show up and go. You need any help, Kane? Um, it almost seemed like it was just an in-joke cameo more than anything. Hey, Harley! Remember the days when women's wrestling matches were relegated to the mid-card dumping ground and treated like a glorified intermission? You mean the era when it was only men in the top spots in the main events, getting the biggest matches every night? Yeah. Hmm. Vaguely. Seriously, while we might have a long way to go, we really have come a long way, baby. And that's why we started Grit and Glitter, a podcast covering the best in the world of women's wrestling. From the horsewomen of WWE to the goddesses of stardom and everyone in between. Each Tuesday, Emily, myself, and our team of guest correspondents talk the best matches and the biggest news in women's wrestling. Plus, interviews, deep dives, and discussions about everything from media representation to gear to women in behind-the-scenes roles. Just search PW Torch in the podcast app of your choice to subscribe. Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch DailyCast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. I'm guessing it was just kind of a very soft reintroduction of the character where he's trying to worm his way back in somehow. Um, I, I, I'm guessing Kane isn't long for this role as director of operations. Uh, and I, you know, maybe he gets back in somehow that way. I don't know. Uh, Kane turning again frightens me. I, I don't think anyone wants to see it. But, you know, he is at that point where, where you never know if, when the end is near. So, I mean, if the idea is that, all right, he's given them an end date, and I haven't heard anything, just complete speculation. But if he's given them an end date and they have some plan in mind for to send him off as a babyface, that'd be the one time I'd be like, yeah, go ahead and do it. Otherwise, I, I'm actually finding some comedic value now. I don't want to see him wrestle, but I, I got a huge kick out of Seth Rollins in that line about, and Kane, you were there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the, some of that is fun. So if is, they can yeah. keep that going for a while, cool. Yeah, I, I thought they did a nice job without the authority there having – you know, Kane as a deputy and everyone trying to get along without the leaders there to keep him in line. And that was I thought that was a fun part of the show uh, that, that they kind of weave through. And I thought that, you know, Kane, I, I like that Kane's like, all right, Seth, if you're going to embarrass me, I've got the authority to put you in a tough position. And, oh, you don't want to fight challengers? Well, what's best for business is fighting top competition. And I'm like, whoa, that's great. <laughs> you know, uh, that's exactly right. What do you do when a heel has a title? You know, you don't just stop wrestling you actually have to defend and that's why the heel authority figure thing doesn't work but Kane came across like somebody who could split off from the authority and be the new person in charge and just do things logically because he spoke some logic which is what's the point of being champion if you're not going to defend the title and who's if we want to be successful as a business we have to put you against top competition and that's what I'm going to do I'm going to you know we're going to put top guys out there and decide who's going to face you at extreme rules Seth wants to weasel his way out of every situation and yeah Kane was dare I say the voice of reason he was, and that that's what kind of makes me fear he's going to be a, end up being a babyface. Right. And yeah. it it okay, can't probably can't get much worse than it is now. But he's just in that territory of uh, he's in that big show territory where it's just been turned way too many times too frequently. Um, if we see the cane mask in glass again, I think we all know it's coming. 
if they start all of a sudden you see the cane outfit in that glass in Stephanie's yeah. office, then you know <laughs> one of these weeks it's it's they're going to show that same shot and the mask isn't going to be there, and we all know what comes next. Uh, Steven says, do either of you feel that Delirious is beginning to reach the burnout stage that a lot of bookers tend to reach after writing nonstop for three or four years? Personally, while I'm a big Ring of Honor fan, I feel the booking and storylines are beginning to become very lackluster, and it's really noticeable on the television product. What's ironic is ROH's house show attendance are consistently up over the last six months, but has there been any rumors about the roster's morale with the progression of the company, and is everybody happy with how the booking is going? Jason. Okay, tricky question here because I actually thought he reached the burnout stage a while ago. I've been more impressed with the product lately, the television product, than I have been in some time. It's just little things. It doesn't just feel like here's a bunch of matches that we taped and we're just throwing them out there for you. You know, there's actually some progression from one show to the next. That's been a nice improvement. It sounds like a little thing, but it was just something that had been lacking from their television for a long time. Um, there are definitely people that feel he's been that he's been burned out for a long time uh, on you know, as far as being the the top creative guy. I, you know, it, it's the the TV part. It has improved, but I guess the thing I always go back to with Delirious is that, yes, he's going to be praised by his mentor, Jim Cornette, for being a good X's and O's style booker. You know, he's going, things that he does by and large are going to make sense. But what stars has he created? You know, what new, what new piece of talent? And, you know, there's, Granted, there's Moose and there's a couple of others that they've gone out and brought in. I don't know if he had a lot to do with that as the head of the school. Um, so there's – I mean it's it just – I keep waiting for Ring of Honor to become what it was where you'd, you'd see a guy enter and he, he'd slowly progress up the card. It's just kind of been this log jam. There, you don't see a ton of progression. And then when they find a new act like – Red Dragon, it's like they, they just seem to have a hard time finding the right opponents to keep those guys over. Uh, Kazarian and Daniels just became other Ring of Honor guys. They bring people in from other promotions like that, and they just kind of fade to the background. Uh, Matt Seidel is another example of that. So there are definitely some flaws in his booking. I just don't know that any of it really matters until Sinclair gets serious. I, I hate to feel that way. As far as uh, morale is concerned, it depends who you talk to. You know, it, it uh, He... He gives them some freedom. He will, you know. There's there's guys that get frustrated because they want more freedom and they want to have the, you know more say than what I think Michael Elgin probably is an example of a guy who went through that to to a, a ridiculous extreme, but he's toned it down now. Um, and then there, you know, there's but there are guys that he kind of all right, who do you want to work with that kind of thing, and and the guys respect that part of it. But I don't think anyone in that company right now that on, on, in the locker room is just wowed by him as a booker. Very good, and I, I've got to run in a minute, but I, I cannot end without mentioning. And we just did this, to, you know, talk about reverse promos. We did reverse headlines today, Jason. The biggest story, you know, what I'm going to say? Oh, I do. Uh, I, I had it all queued up just in case you're going to try to get out of here without talking about it. <laughs> Global Force Wrestling has announced that they will have lights at their TV tapings. It's an illuminating announcement. <laughs> oh, oh man, you were queued up there. That's the only reason I ran that story is because I had that headline. (laughs) 
Why, what, what? Is this their, speaking of Ring of Honor, is this their way of saying we're going to be better than Ring of Honor in at least one way? What was that about? <laughs> I don't know. It's one, you know, just, okay, cool. You got, you know, I mean, they, they've got some bands listed there that, you know, Aerosmith and Van Halen and Queen and, and then the country acts, most of which I've heard of, but I'm just, I'm not a country guy. So, they, I mean, they've worked with some bands, but I have a feeling that, I don't know, pretty much TNA could probably say the same in some cases where they've run shows that they've had people that have worked with other people that were big at one time or another. Um, I just put it out on your website if you want to acknowledge it, but to like send this out to everybody, all of us news outlets, a little strange, I got to say. Yes, I, I agree. I don't have a lot more to say. I mean, I, it's just it's part of our theme, and I hope and they give us. I, I hope they give us more press releases like this. Honestly, I like to end the show with breaking news like this on Global Force Wrestling. So <laughs> great stuff. Yes. All right, Jason. Thank you. Pleasure as always. Uh, go enjoy a very important hockey game. I'm going to win or lose. It's going to be fun. I'm oh, definitely looking forward to it. Don't talk about losing. We've done too much of that the last three games. No kidding. Yeah, but at least we're in a. We're in a good position, just not as good as three games ago. No, but we've been better on the road, so let's let's hope that uh, whole, we, we have no choice now. We had the last three are on the road. Well, we have a choice. We could lose the last – well, no, you're right. We could lose the last three and still get in, but that's going to take some losses from some good teams with lighter schedules. So anyway, we're talking about the Minnesota Wild, for those of you who just think that the basketball tournament is the only thing that's been going on the last couple of weeks. There's been a pretty cool race in the NHL for playoff spots, so – and I don't even know what the NBA is anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow! At least, at least, the, at least, local team wise. When the playoffs start, I'll, I'll reawaken. But God, it's been it's been C teamers filling in. Anyway, all right, go watch your hockey. I got a birthday party and a hockey game too. So thank you, Jason, and thanks to all the VIP members and of course the .NET members. On behalf of Jason Powell, Wade Keller, signing off. This is When I tout VIP membership to you, the listener, I often talk about the current podcasts, that there are VIP-exclusive podcasts like The Fix with Todd Martin, The Wade Keller Daily Hotline, The Post-Pay-Per-View Roundtables, The Bruce Mitchell Audio Show, Alan Cunahan's Progress Paradise, and many, many more. Uh, Also, I talk about how these shows are ad-free. The ads and plugs are edited out. Something I don't talk a lot about are the 20 years ago back issues that we post every week. The year 2000 was fascinating. If you go VIP now, you can catch up on the first few months of those 20 years ago back issues as soon as you become a VIP member. The January 1st, 2000 back issue headlines with a triple length torch talk with The Rock. My exclusive one-on-one Q&A with The Rock talking about his career and some uh, comments that raised some eyebrows. Do you see what I did there? Also, uh, the next week, it was uh, Terry Funk being named commissioner of WCW. That was a cover story. Plus, a ton of behind-the-scenes happenings in WCW, including Goldberg's injury and the planned returns of Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Then the January 15th, 2000 cover story featured Steve Austin switching doctors right before major neck surgery. The January 22nd, 2000 edition featured a cover story of a week of major changes in WCW, including Vince Russo being demoted, Chris Benoit winning the world title, and then being stripped of it, and requests by a number of wrestlers to be released from their contracts. And then after that, we detailed the following week on the January 29th cover story, 
Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn heading to the WWF. Then the February 5th, 2000 issue features Eddie Guerrero suffering a serious injury in his first WWE match and details of the debut of the Radicals, plus the Mae Young nudity controversy. Let's see what I had to say about that. Also, that featured my annual in-depth WCW roster depth chart. The February 12th issue featured a cover story on the launch of the XFL and how it was following ECW's approach, plus my annual ECW roster ranking and the annual most influential list, who had the most power behind the scenes in professional wrestling. Then a cover story on how WCW blew an opportunity to win over new fans with the unopposed Nitro when Raw was preempted. That was the February 19th, 2000 cover story. Also details in the Newswire on Scott Hall's conduct overseas and Shane Douglas being fired. The February 26, 2000 issue features a cover story on Hulk Hogan as WCW's morale buster. We took you behind the scenes with sourced reporting on what Hogan was doing behind the scenes to really bring down morale in WCW. Also, my editorial examining Vince McMahon's critical comments aimed at Mick Foley's wife. That just covers January and February. Every week, a new back issue from 20 years ago is posted. So go VIP and read fascinating, authoritative, well-sourced, behind-the-scenes details on professional wrestling and hard-hitting editorials on the controversies of the day. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip. That's pwtorch.com slash govip and dive into our archives. There are over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter with PDFs. And all text versions. So you want to read it on your phone, your tablet, your laptop. There's a format that works for you. So that's pwtorch.com slash govip. Rates start as low as $9.99 for one month or $8 and change if you get a one-year subscription. So a great way to keep up with what's going on in professional wrestling is a podcast like this. But if you want to get deep into a career, a personality, or an era of professional wrestling, Audible is the way to go. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. And every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs, which might be helpful after a really disappointing wrestling event. I'm a big fan of Audible. I've been a member for years and years. It's how I've listened to some wrestling books, including Jim Ross, My Life in Wrestling. His new book is coming out later this month, Under the Black Hat. You can get that for free right now by becoming an Audible subscriber with a special offer we'll detail in just a moment. You can also download and listen to Kane's new book, Glenn Jacobs' new book that just came out. My Audible library includes a lot more than pro wrestling books. Right now I'm in the middle of Einstein. I also listen to Lose Weight Now by Alan Carr. I'm down 14 pounds since mid-December. I'm pretty close to my goal weight right now and back to where I was when I was about 30. And it's because of this book setting me on the right course. Without doing any extra exercise compared to what I had been doing and not feeling deprived or hungry pretty much ever. Also, Alan Carr has a book called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking. I know about a dozen people who have listened to that book and quit smoking for good. I can absolutely endorse that book if you're looking to quit smoking. He also has books on getting out of debt, on mindfulness, on the easy way to quit gambling, on quitting sugar, managing alcohol consumption, and more. So if you're uh, into fulfilling a New Year's resolution that lapsed by mid-January, 
hey, now's the time to get back on track with the help of an Alan Carr book. So whether it's uh, self-help or just learning about a fascinating historical figure or immersing yourself in the life and career of somebody like Jim Ross or Glenn Jacobs, Audible is the way to go. So how does Audible work? Well, you can download titles and listen offline anytime, anywhere through the Audible app. The app is free and can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. I have it installed on both my Galaxy tablet and my Galaxy phone. Sometimes I set the uh, tablet up on the kitchen counter and play the audiobook while I'm cooking. You can listen across all devices without losing your spots. When I move from the tablet to my phone, it remembers where I am, which is nice. And if you can't decide what to listen to, don't worry, because you can store up your credits for up to a year. Then you can binge order a book series if something jumps out at you that is of interest. And by the way, it's not just books. They have guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, exclusive Audible originals that you won't find anywhere else. It's uh, it, it's fun just browsing. You know how you can do that on Netflix sometimes? Um, you can do that on Audible, too. Just browse through these audiobooks that will fit your mood. It's also a good way for me to wind down. At the end of the night, after doing uh, pro wrestling podcasting, I'll often put an audiobook on before falling asleep. And it takes my mind off of the day and makes me feel like my wind-down period is, is productive uh, with the lights turned off. And as I mentioned with Audible, you can listen in the kitchen while you're cooking. You can listen while you're winding down at the end of the day. You can also turn it on while you're commuting or walking your dog or at the gym exercising. So here's what you do. Go to audible.com slash wade. That's audible.com slash wade. That's W-A-D-E, and you can claim your free audiobook. That's audible.com slash Wade. And you can also text Wade to 500-500. So audible.com slash Wade to claim your free audiobook right now from Audible, or text Wade to 500-500, and you can claim your free audiobook today. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com. 